Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Today's show is with fucking rad, intriguing old dude named Buddy from Cobra Custom Motors out in Big Springs, Texas. Now, he's not always been out in Big Springs, but he did grow up there. Went to MMI, ended up working up in the shop in Las Vegas before he, I think he was at a dealership and then he got his own custom shop, man. He went to MMI in 1988, dude. And his story is great. I mean, this motherfucker recorded every class on a tape recorder, then went home and wrote everything down. I mean, it's fucking brilliant. Uh, you might remember Buddy from the podcast I did with Ray Ripple. Uh, when she was building Blondie, he was the guy that helped her out with the motor. And Josh, her boyfriend, kept saying, you got to come back and talk to Buddy. So I was like, fucking set it up, man. And, dude, he fucking, he he did some talking. You're going to do some learning. You might want to pull out a pen and paper and take some fucking notes on this one. So let's get into it. Right, this show, like all shows, is brought to you by MCShopTees.com, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. That's right. It's like a, it's like a fucking, dude, it's, it's a, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, this month's shop is Sugar Baby Cycles out of Santa Barbara, California. Dude, he's building some rad shit. He's actually building a bike for Born Free right now. He's got some really fucking unique and creative custom parts that you can buy and put on your chopper from, you know, custom modern clutch pressure plates to, uh, I think he like built a stash tube that goes in your seat post. He's got some kind of tire flater and shit. Creative cap. Make sure you're following the grand. Hopefully you were signed up before the end of last year so that you get one of these new t-shirts. Knives made by Nick made a post the other day showing, uh, Dude, it's, we, we didn't do a black or white t-shirt this month, and it's pretty fucking rad. I really like it. Nick, thank you for doing what you do. If you don't follow Knives Made by Nick, you are failing. Check him out. Uh, but mcshoptees.com will get you set up. So sign up before the end of this month so that you can get next month's featured shop. Because by the time you see the shit on the internet, it is too late. When Nick shows you the shirt... You can't get it anymore. So go to mcshoptees.com. Uh, man, dude, this year's already off to a rocking start. I've been to Terlingua to hang out with Evo. He's like the fucking mayor of the town. Gave me a sick tour around. We ripped the Pan Ams. He took me on a fucking mule ride. It was awesome. On the way back, stopped in Big Springs and recorded this podcast with Buddy. Got to see Josh and Ray. Ray's got a documentary coming out soon. Oh, this fucking thing. Motorcycle Sherpa has a trip to Nepal coming up, dude. And they got some seats left. The next trip is March 1st through the 10th. And they've got a handful of seats left. This That's this month. Yeah, that's like, you know, a month or so away, dude. So go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and check it out. Sign up now. Help them fill that trip up. Trust me, you'll fucking love it. I love going to Nepal. 
and you will too. So check out all the dates while you're there. Maybe you've been to Nepal, but now you need to go to, to India or Mongolia or uh, Bhutan. Wow. Yeah, dude. It's sick. So go to MotorcycleSherpa.com. Check it out now. And if you're looking for some inspiration, look at the movie that he's got. There's a, there's a movie that will like, you know, if you're not stoked now, you will be. My kid left a fucking watch in here and an alarm just went off on it. What the fuck does he need an alarm for at this hour? Uh, anyways, yeah, Josh and Ray. Ray's got a documentary coming out uh, that she filmed with a guy named, I think it was Michael, Michael McMurtry? Michael McCourt. I mean, Michael McCourt. Anyways, it's called Ripple. I think the preview's out now. It'll be coming out later this spring, so... Was super rad to uh, to see them and hear all the good news and good things coming. Uh, then I went to Mississippi. I literally got back after this recording this podcast at like midnight or later, and then left again at eight to go see the B and B racing guys out in Mississippi. See them bring in like three bucks. My kid turned down a few. He said they weren't big enough for him, which is cool to see an eight year old with a fucking rifle out there going. Ah, I'm gonna wait on the next one. Yeah, maybe that's not exactly what was going on, but it was awesome. Can't thank Jason and the crew enough, man. Uh, B&B Racing is the one that makes my motors go down the road. And if you need some motor work, B&B Racing is the spot. Uh, dude, and after this, what's next? We got Mama Tried coming up in February. I'll be taking over their podcast. Be racing it flat out Friday. If you're not aware of that shit, you need to go to... Mama tried flat out Friday, whatever there's just, you just look it up. You'll find it. I just did a podcast with them. They released this uh, week. Oh, that was fun. Can't thank those guys enough for, uh, you know, letting me be a small part of what they got going on. Pretty fucking sick. March Daytona bike week. Do not fuck around and miss that. Uh, there is a choppers magazine, lead sled custom bike show. On Monday, whatever fucking day that is, it's like, uh, oh, let's see, that's January. How do I work this fucking thing? It is March 4th on Monday at the, the Daytona Motor Speedway. And Supercross, obviously, Saturday night. You know, that's the most important thing. And then the custom bike shows. Uh, Willie's Tropical Tattoos Chopper Show is on the 7th. Dude. I mean, fuck. I think I have to miss Willie's again this year. Do I have a wedding on Saturday? Oh, my gosh. How the fuck am I going to do all this? Uh, that's just March. Then you got the nitty-gritty Chopper City after Daytona. And then you got the Texas Fandango in Fredericksburg, Texas. And they had to push it back a week this year because of some kind of fucking, I don't know, some kind of mix-up with the galaxy. You know, the stars are not in the right spot, apparently. But uh, we're already off to a good spring or, you know, a good beginning of the year. Fuck, it's not even the end of January right now. Ha! Oh, man, I want to thank uh, Lowbrow Customs, man. They are fucking... They got what you need. It is January. You still got time to get your shit ready for spring. And whatever you need, Lowbrow Customs have it. 
They even have lead sled custom parts. That's right, dude. You know your chopper. Your Sportster needs a chopper rear end or some fenders. You know that Pat makes his fenders out of metal that was cut out of the top of Humvees that where they put machine guns in them? Yeah, that's right. The chopper on my flathead is the chopper on my flat, the fender on my flathead was made from one of those. So check them all out. Go to dangerdancetalkshop.com to support the show. It's five bucks a month. We'll put you in the drawing to win a $100 gift card every month from Lowbrow Customs. I want to thank all the supporters. Um, and let's get into this fucking podcast before I ramble on any longer. This is Buddy, Josh, and Ray. Now, Josh and Ray... We've, I mean, buddy fucking did all the talking, so you're going to like this. Get out a pen and paper, too. You might want to write some things down like he did. You're already plugged in, buddy. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Buddy. Well, first off, thanks for having me over. All right. All of you. Thanks for uh, bringing buddy up on the last podcast, you know. You guys told me I needed to come back, and, well, here we are. Here you are. Uh-huh. How's the family, everybody, going? Oh, my kids are feral. They're savages. I took I them snowboarding. That. Unfortunately, they liked it. Uh, and now we're going to go hunting this weekend. I'm going to try and get them both on some animals. Yeah. The wife is amazing. She's teaching yoga. I know. I love her to death. You know, that cold snap. How did you guys fare over here? Uh, the blow dryer, mostly. <laughs> Under the blanket. We suffered <laughs> <laughs> And the whole town lost water. Yeah, nah, we did for a little bit last night, but that was it. I don't got none now. You still don't have any, right? <laughs> the whole thing. <clears throat> yeah. He's got it at home, though. Yeah, I got water at home now, though. Oh, you do? Yeah, I thought it out. Shop. This is cool. We Didn't we come down here last time? Wasn't your truck in the parking lot, like around the block? Yeah. That's right, that was yeah. the same spot. I think so. Yeah, because I pointed. Hey, yeah, buddy, shop's right over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, buddy, how did you mm -hmm. get here? This isn't where you're from. This is where I grew up. This is where you grew up. No shit. Yeah. And you had a shop in Vegas. Yep. Well, after I went to school in MMI in 1988 and called Howard, and they didn't need anybody because people didn't like Harleys much back then. <laughs> back here? It's, yeah. At this it's, dealership? This is about 20 years behind everywhere. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, that, like, uh, uh, Big Springs is 20 years behind yeah, everything. Yeah, well... Actually, what I've experienced, everything past uh, Tucson back yeah. in the 80s and the 90s uh -huh. was behind. Okay. <laughs> where did, is that where you went to uh, MMI? In Phoenix, yes. Yeah. Which, that became a big, big hotbed back then because I, when I went to school, that's when uh, Paul Yaffe was going to school. And all the people out back then were the old guys. Yeah. You know, and then. Uh, I met Paul this summer. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, he... <laughs> <laughs> Super nice guy. <laughs> I've got, I actually didn't, if you find him in boxes, I, I could show you his original brochure when it was beyond, it was called, I don't, the first one was American something, and then the next flyer was, is the company was called Beyond Bolt-On before it was ever called uh, Yaffe. Yeah. Uh, it was called Beyond, beyond Bolt-On. Bolt yep, and he sold lots of plate brackets. <laughs> And just a little bit of billet stuff. Uh -huh. And uh, but he had two names before he ever came. Before he went to Paul Yaffe. Oh shit! And you still got packaging with that stuff on there? You I, I've got his brochures from buying his shit. <laughs> That's awesome. And just like oh, uh, uh, I forget that other bike builder out of Arizona back in the day. 
Oh. oh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, the one that had to drop seats, like that thing over here, that aluminum bike. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Borgette. Yep. Oh, I used to get frames good. from him way back when. Shouldn't say that. I saw a bunch oh, yeah. of Borgette bikes. I didn't, didn't even know what the fuck they were until I was at the B&B Christmas party mm -hmm. in New Orleans and some dealer down the road had a fucking ton of those things. Yeah. Well, the original ones just had car tires on them and they didn't turn. These things didn't look functional at all. They were high dollar bikes yeah. too. Well, the ones I had up there were, were nitrous bikes. They had the snipers in the tanks and you know set into the tanks and stuff. And then the I had a friend who wanted one. I said, "Won't you just go down there and order it from him? Go down there." He said, "Yeah." When I went in, I was kind of disappointed. And he says, "The he said the jig they were using was made out of wood <laughs> back <Yeah>. then." <laughs> Well, I did have a couple of frames I'd get before before he was a business he was selling frames by themselves. Okay. You'd set a motor in a hardtail setup, you'd set the motor in. I always set the motor in the, in the tranny and I bought the primary to them to set those two up. But you could actually rock those things. But back then there was uh, the frames you'd get they were so quick of them they'd take them out before they cooled down because when you do a frame you need to let it set for 24 hours before you pull it out of the jig. Really? To let that metal? Let it set. And then uh, I'd get them from uh, uh, RC Components that made those wheels and stuff mm -hmm. back in the day. And the, their frames were crooked as hell, too. <laughs> and sometimes the holes didn't line up. You had to drill out the holes to make everything fit. Uh-huh. And then uh, that's back in the days where when you got a set of cases, they weren't prepped. You had to put and lap everything you built. No, you had to, There was no other stuff you got and bolted the freaking together. <laughs> Everything you had to lap and fix yourself. Yeah. You had to measure every opening it, and be it, bearings and order all your bearings and do it all. There was no preset shit. No shit. Well, and you went to school in 88, so uh -huh. you had to learn the shovel heads. No, well, tell you, shovel head was still in Harley program. It and was. the Iron Sportster was. That was just part of the... That was still part of Harley. Early models started at a, a month before I got into Harley. Early models started. And they all had one panhead motor. And the rest of it was just what you had, and they could explain to you. And they had one instructor because all that, all of that, is not owned by Harley. The early model is owned by the school, and Harley is only sponsored by Harley. They don't care when it's not production for them. They don't care. Yeah. If you know how to work on it, oh, that's why shit. you can't find anybody in the schools that can work on nothing. Yeah. I mean, in I had one uh, one customer went to that school last. Year, year before last, he got back and I was asking, well, did they show you this? He said, no. I said, did they show you that? He said, no. Said, okay. And I said, well, you took early model. He says, well, early model was only like five weeks. I said, five weeks. I said, and you've got, you got a, you, you got the flat head and you got the, you know, your knuckle head, you got the pan head and then you got a shovel head, plus all the transmission to go with them, plus all the primary changes within them. And then you got the Sportster, you got a flat head, then you, I mean, the, the K model, then you got your Sportster, you got your Iron Sportster, then you got all through that. And it says, he says, I hand you papers. I said, five weeks. In five weeks, and you learn this shit? <laughs> they didn't show you shit. No. It's like, when I went through it, they showed me, uh, they said, here's Screaming Eagle back then. But Screaming Eagle, the only carb they had, Harley went and had them take a snowmobile carb and modify that to fit the Harley. And that was your Screaming Eagle carb. And there's all these brackets that were made to to wedge around it to make it work. And that was the Screaming Eagle carburetor back then. Hmm. But there was very, 
when first I started the Harley shop, we didn't have ignition modules. We used Sportster ignition modules to make the, they had a better curve. You used a Sportster module on the Evo, and it had a faster curve. Really? And then, uh, and then if you want a hot rod bike, in 86, you had the 1100. The 1100, there's six months of 1100s. Those heads are bathtub heads. They're copies of uh, branches. And they got the big, the big uh, valves and the stems. Only six months of those heads, but they were badass heads. And you take those, put them on Harley Evo. Harley made them? Yeah, they were on the, they were on the 1100. Really? I've got it in all my notes that I wrote down back then. <laughs> back then? Literally, he has everything. Actually, I have recordings, because they didn't care back then. I put a cassette recorder down, and I could record the whole classes. I've got a whole box of recorded classes. Oh, that's amazing to keep track of that stuff. Oh, I, I wrote, I'd take, go back home. And then I would rewrite it and type it and put it in a book because I had dyslexia. And I learned, that's how I learned to, to, to high school, I had real bad grades. And then uh, when I went to school, I learned that you got to repeat something to get it. Because mm -hmm. you'll look at something and you'll you know, word recognition it and not really get the right wording. Yeah. And so that's where I learned it. How to so you listen do it. to it in the in the class, and you'd go home, you'd hear it again. Oh, I didn't do that. I wrote it, it down. I write everything down. Then I then I write it down and then type it, and then I put it in, in these sleeves, and I've I've still got it all the notes. So incredible. And uh, but the teachers back then were actually they were really good. Uh, Dave Krishalik, he was the guy who started it, and he was one of my teachers back then. Oh, he, right shit. now he writes articles for magazines and things. Oh shit. And uh, yeah. You should do a thing with Dave. He's, he, I he would was, love to meet That Dave. would be... Is uh, he still a part of it? No. No, I don't think so. Actually, the last time I saw him, I was with Robert, and we went to the Harley show in Vegas, and uh, he was at the booth oh. with Harley on, on the PhD stuff. I says, Robert couldn't get find my paperwork. And they looked and said, man, you don't exist. I says, but he says, you were there. I says, yeah, whenever this new place bought it from the original people who started MMI, yeah. uh, there's a different program. And like nowadays, they don't use your social security number for shit in mm -hmm. numbers. I gave them a number, and they said, well, we don't use that type of numbers no more. But they, they could find me in the school, but they can't find me through Harley. Okay. And, uh, but he was still doing stuff with them then. And I always thought he was older than me, and I was 30 then. And then, uh, he, probably, he was probably younger. So when he went to school, was that the goal to get, you know, just to get a job at a dealership, or did you want to have a custom shop from the get-go? Oh, I've always wanted, back in the 70s, I wanted a custom van shop, because I liked custom vans. <laughs> oh, sick. But in 78, in the back of the Easy Rider magazine, my first wife, we'd only been married about a year or two, and they had an ad, and they had a shop some in the mid Midwest or the Eastern. But I think for four thousand, it had like three Triumphs and the whole stuff. Everything in the shop, they'd sell it for like four thousand dollars. She didn't think that was for any good idea, you know. And then, uh, but the you did well. I thought it's better than working in oil field. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I worked in oil field until uh, I was looking in the back of the East Riders, and they said this school and the PhD program. I said, hmm. She says, you want to do it? My, my wife then, and she said, yep, let's do it. So we sold everything we had, got a travel trailer and to live in, it's cut cost, and and I went and got a P, my, uh, uh, what's the diploma thing? 
Oh, High certification. Your GAC. GED. Oh, okay. Went and got that, and she said, uh, uh, she says she was worried. I was uh, studying. She says, and you just quit. And I went over and I got my stuff, and it's like history is like at eighty percent and all this shit. But my math and everything was down low. But it passed. I passed it off. But I learned that through school, the formulas, everything you can do to build this motor is, is math. Mm-hmm. And okay, so if you're scared of math, it's, don't worry about it. It's all you measure stuff. You put into per, the uh, God, my mind sometimes. Everything has a place. You just fill in the holes of the length of the formula. Yeah. You got you what you. That's it. Yeah. Everything is. They've already thought of this stuff. Anybody new is trying to reinvent the math. Is you can't. Yeah. It doesn't lie. <laughs> no. I mean, even to, to music, you know, yep. it's all based on. It's math. all math. It's in numbers, and it's like I'd use a program that I'll probably show it to you later. It's on the computer. I bought it in 1994. And I put in every, all the uh, everything for a motor to build. Uh-huh. Put in my cam I want, the lifts, and you hit the button. It'll tell you exactly how much horsepower it's going to put out. Oh, tell you wow. how much airflow it's going to take. Now it's up to you to match that airflow. Oh wow! And uh, but it's made by Walters Technologies. You it, bought a computer program in 1994 that you can still I bought use the Flowbench in '94. Oh, I still okay. use the same. It's a bench. Yeah, well, no, no, that was a program yeah. I used to build oh, a motor, a flow bench now. Okay. That, when you do that one, and that one used to, when I learned on the flow bench, you had two t- t- uh, temperature gauges in that one. So you had to turn it on, set your, and set the valves. And then you turn it on and you see what the numbers were. Then you look at this temperature, write it down, this temperature, write it down. Then you got to go take your slider rule and fix all, you know, you got to take, just like doing your taxes, take 934, subtract it from 918, and do this shit. Yeah. It was a pain in the ass. Well, this one was the first time they come out with the Flowcom, and that does the math for you. Oh, yeah. And so you do the work, and you put it up there. You t- every, everybody goes to a flow bench. Every flow bench is going to read. If you take this head and flow it, you go to another one to flow it. They're going to show difference because it's like people. Everyone's different. Mm-hmm. But what you do is it gives you your standard to find your numbers. So you put the head on there, and then it gives you your baseline, and then you do, and then you rework them. And it gives you what you get from that. So the flow bench is explain exactly what that tool is used for. To see how much air is going to go through that head. Yeah. And then it'll give you nowadays with the pitot tube and stuff, you can get that velocity speeds out of it and everything else. And then if you put the the, the tumbler in it, you can find out the swirl that's coming through the through the valve and how it, when it hits so the piston, where it spins. you see the, the exact direction that air is spinning. Uh-huh. Was it just like something colored in the air? Well, it's it's a it's got a fan blade on the bottom, uh-huh. and how it works is it <coughs> hooks in. Computer does that. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was at the at the. Uh, I mean, but you probably were doing that before you had the bench, right? Just by I wanted feel. to pull ahead. Actually, you do them by feel. Best thing to do is you just the basics is you want to blend it. You don't want to change anything. You want to just make sure there's no sharp edges. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to change it because I went to school. I found out that all the time, you know, when I was a kid and I was doing two strokes, when you're doing the transfer ports, well, you're screwing them up because <laughs> you have more or less a, lead, a, a leading edge in them, right? But if you, you're a kid or anybody else, you think, okay, if I make it like a knife, it'll it'll cut it quick easier. 
But if you get a slight wrong turn on it, you're loading one transfer port over the other. And uh, you'll make this one back up like a trash can, mm -hmm. and the other one won't flow because it's, you're trying to get too much to a small hole. And so that's where with the new four valve stuff, the way it's tapered in there, you can load up one valve over the other if you don't watch it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's the thing on, on your intakes and shit, trying not to uh, starve one over the other because we did that with the first fuel injections. The first fuel injections we had the uh, Magnumorale system, which you couldn't rob each cylinder. And then when Delphi came, it was a point to where we didn't have big enough injectors. And so people, you were sitting there taking your, uh, oh, I forget the name of that one, but it's the, the the actual time amount of time you can keep it open injector pulse yeah and then uh, it's it's got a, a work something and anyway we found out that you could actually since it was there you was actually robbing on the overlap robbing the fuel out of one of the cylinders and if going to the other one you was actually robbing them because you had to cycle too long and then when you get a bigger injector you can put it shorter to not rob each other oh, wow. so that's why you got to get the bigger injector because it's only got a certain amount of work and times it can be open. Yep. Okay, so you gotta get a, more fuel goes to it at a shorter time for a bigger cam. Somebody is gonna be like, somebody's gonna <laughs> listen to this and they're gonna they're hire gonna him yeah. in some oh. scientific lab somewhere inventing <sighs> motorcycle parts. Somebody else is recording this or listening to it and writing it down. Yeah. As, well, yes. this is where I've gotten to here lately and I was wanting to talk to Luke about it down there in Allen is that my theories back when you always wanted to text your surface on your intake to help, help break down the fuel. Because I always do fuel as, as marbles and you, you know, you got a drop of gas sitting right here, it's just a drop of gas. Yeah. Well, that drop of gas will not burn. The fumes burn off of it that uh -huh. it eliminates, it sets off. So you get enough, you, you want it to break it down as many, 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 many marbles as you can. So that's why they put screens in there and they put turbulators in there and the carburetor ones and they'd put all kinds of stuff and even your sight glass like in mine to help bring it down to where you get more velocity and you can break it down even further. And then, but now since we got fuel injectors that shoot it way back here, our intake ports are making it bigger and bigger. Well, we need to bring up the velocity speed in them so you can get more air in. But if you, now that since it doesn't need to break down to break it you know, more fuel into smaller pieces, yeah. then it needs to be like an exhaust port and be polished. So it, the air goes through there better. Goes through there faster. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> when did you do your first four valve head? That's been about 90, in 93. Actually, the first one I worked on probably 91. Had some Hells Angels come up out of California and they had some problems with it. And they had to shop them in Vegas and Boulder Highway. Who was making those at that time? Fuel, and fuel has always been the, the product. If they, if they say, uh, uh, that other guy who had them for a while, Rivera on them. Fueling just li let them license it, and oh, if it says okay. Quantum on them, they, well, they licensed it. And if it's and then the, there's a guy in Florida who f bought it all, and he sold it to somebody else, and those will say Hemi on them. Mm -hmm. But the originals were when Fueling first did them, it was only licensed through Rivera, and then and then it went through there. But just there's a really neat story on that because who, who did that program or did that was Fueling didn't want to do it. And uh, Steve Alstead and Fuzzy Quantrer were 
mess around some Volkswagen stuff, so they cut a Volkswagen head in half, and then they had a guy, you know, draw it up a little bit to fit on a Harley, and then they redid it, and they did it, and Fuelin didn't like it until he wrote it, and he said, oh, that's pretty cool, and that's where it evolved from. But actually, one of my friends, Crusoe, it's from a Volkswagen. Yeah. And then, uh, and the best way they run, like mine, I, it, uh, on the street, you run it a 13, uh, 13 or 12 and a half to one on the street. That's your compression ratio. And they run really well and they double your gas mileage. Back they double then. your gas mileage? Yes, because you time your motor to 25 degrees, <laughs> not 32. It's so efficient. It's, it's, it's so 25, that's, that's <laughs> more advanced, right? Uh-huh. Because now, because of the pent chamber that they're made of, if you look at the new Harley 4 valve, it's a pent chamber also. The pent chamber is kind of like a TP, I mean not TP, but an army tent. Okay. But the way that the your flash point comes up there is so much better that you don't have the detonation. Because of the two, how, I don't, I'm not understanding how that happens because of the two valves. Well, no, that's a four valve. Four valve. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, it's the design of the pent chamber over a Hemi. Okay. Because the reason shovel heads had dual plugs on them is because when the piston come up, it's got a big dome on it. Uh-huh. Well, the spark would spark, but by the time it got done, it would never burn the, the gas on the, on the other side. Yeah. That's why Sportsters and everything, low compression, you're trying to burn it all. And uh, it was real in inefficient. Yeah. And then so... And Harley putting two two spark plugs on the four valve now. There's really not a need for it because mm. it's very efficient. And it's, I mean, and that's what they're doing now with the M8. Well, you know? I'm thinking the reason they're doing it is just to make sure they meet emissions. Yeah, it, it, it gets everything burned. Yeah. Because I'd have customers call out of California and says, as everybody's getting gas and I'm only getting half tank. Why? Well, says, oh yeah, it, it's it's better on gas. Wow. And me I mean, feeling, oh Jim was down in. Uh, Ventura one day and uh, I said something he says you know he said uh, this was back in uh, 298 yeah yeah 98 or 2000 because it was because we was talking about the W3 also about that at the time <laughs> actually he told me about the W3 I got what's the W3 the three-cylinder one um, okay <laughs> And uh, but the uh, and he said we've only touched the edge of the envelope of what a normal aspirated engine can do. He says you know it's just and uh, there's so much more out there. And uh, and he built motors for uh, Oldsmobile, Ford, uh, you know John Deere, uh, the QE2 airplane that flew around the world. He did all he he it's called fueling R and D. It was a skunk works for any company to want to hire him. Wow. And you really need to go feeling. talk to Luke. Yeah. And Luke came in around 2003. is before Jim died, so it might have been 2000 when Luke went to work for him. And because Jim told me I was having some trouble trying to do one motor, and then he, he called me. And well, he talked to me. He said, You know, I've got a three valve I've been working on. He says, I got it up to 16 to 1 compression on pump gas, no knock, no pings, runs like a bat out of hell. And uh, so when I found out that they were doing the, the uh, design in the twin cam motor, mm -hmm. I thought that's going to be a three valve motor. <coughs> I mean, that's what I was always thinking. Three valve, so would that be two intake, one exhaust? Yeah. 
Okay. Works a lot better. Really? He says, you know, the biggest problem is getting the exhaust out because see, on Jim McClure's top fuel bike, after a few passes, they had burned the plenum out of the back. It was so hot, it just burned the plenums out. Because it and wasn't th getting all the... It's, well, it's so hot. Now, this is the same problem Harley's having right now. The plenum, now you don't have the amount of meat that you want for heat, heat, heat dis distribution. distribution, yeah. And so it gets real hot on the head. Well, you blow your gaskets. That's the same thing with the new ones. You're getting really hot, but if you had a single valve, you have more aluminum, it gets rid of more heat, and you don't squeeze that goddamn gasket out like they've been doing it because it gets too hot with the two valve. And Luke has been working on redoing, uh, he brought it off the shelf to three valve, and he's been, I told him you need to bring it off the shelf down there, and he said, he's doing some stuff. He had Steve Alstead up at, you know, helping him before he passed away. To go on the M8 motor. Whatever. Whatever. Heads ahead. <laughs> Did they you ever do it with a shovel head? No. 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 Actually, there's, Harley did four valves on the knucklehead, I think, from the factory. It's a race bikes. Really? Back in the day. Harley had four. knucklehead, four valves? Yeah. And then, uh, but most of the time, fours work, but fours, rocker shafts, you, like I said, told you a while ago, you yeah. get too much flex on them. And, uh, and then you get over 5,000, you flex. Feeling told me not to ever go over a 500 lift cam on the Evos. He says, you're just wasting your time. He says, getting it because most cams were made for two valves. Well, that's why the Roberto Regrera cam was so odd. When we sent that one down to have it copied, they called back and she says, what the hell is this for? Because there's so much duration on it that's not normal for a Evo. Yeah. Okay, you know, you get lift, you don't get the duration, but on a four valve, you look at the duration more than you lift. Really? Because now, since you have small valves, you can have it open sooner and closed later and get more duration. You don't need to lift on the damn things. Huh. That makes sense. Yeah, there's more time. Uh-huh. You know, and then so because when you went to the others, you had lift, but you're going to lift it so far for you, you know, your piston time is going to come up and hit it, but you can only have so much duration or you're going to get interference between valve to valve. Oh, yeah, okay. I on, see. on a two valve. Yeah. It's bigger. They take up more space. <laughs> Two-inch valve, and you start. You know, you gotta go. You gotta leave small exhaust in. The bigger you go with this one, or you gotta get uh, you jessel head, and you'll get taller, so you can get a bigger valve, so you can get, so you make them fit. Now, were you racing these bikes? Are you building them for customers, and they're racing them, or yeah, yeah? Were well, you these, on the track, I, or you just had guys? Just, just a little bit, but most of them just our friends race them, and then come into town. Steve Alstead, he did. All the way to top fuel bikes to things like that. He was he was well known and he invented a few things that were really cool. Yeah. And then uh, 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 Fuzzy Quantrera, he worked for for Jim's uh, machining in the research and development department back in the eight and the nineties. He was real you know good and he did a a lot of bikes for people for uh, Billy Huff out of California and actually this one's gonna go in. Billy Huff's race bike when they get done because it was, it's a, he died off and then uh, Fuzzy's I think 80 now and we was wanting to put that together for one more little thing, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but that's one of the biggest ones out there and then. Uh, well, back to what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> we, uh, you went to MMI, you called up the local dealership here uh -huh. and they are like, we don't fucking got any work for you. And then would you go straight to, uh, uh 
<laughs> Nevada? Where'd you go after? Where, where'd you one, find? One of the guys that's in my class, he, he went up to, to Vegas and got a job. And one of the other guys that was in the class or two before me got a job up there. And then I, he said, he needs someone in parts. I says, okay. And then uh, my wife was working. And then so I took another Deb, this Deb. She, she drove me up there. And then we walked in. She, she was real pretty. He walks in. He saw her. He goes, whew. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said, sure, you can go work, you know, it's fine. So that's how I got up there. And I said, well, this is not my Deb. That's, I got another Deb. And then uh, actually I talked to his son, works the counter at Las Vegas Harley now. And his grandson, we ran into him at Red Rock Red Harley. Rock, He's yes. a bike salesman. Blues oh, wow. and, and then that little kid, he said, I said, he said, my grandpa owned a Harley shop here. And I said something to him. I said, oh, yeah. I said, and then I started rattling off stories, and he just couldn't believe it. Yeah, I knew your grandpa back in. We didn't. We only got, I think, 60 bucks a year at the most. And we sold them all. One time we was out driving, and uh, he said, uh, you know, I can't get any better than this. We sold every bike we got in this year. Can't well, that, get any what, better. Was that, what, 89, 90? That was like when there was waiting lists, you know? People no, no, there wasn't a waiting list yet. Oh, it wasn't a no. pre-waiting list? There wasn't a waiting list till after, uh, uh, the waiting list started after... Terminator? Terminator 2. <laughs> Terminator 2. And I, that's, to me, that's what saved everything. Really? Yeah. Also, I might add I mean, the Evolution Motor, I think, had a lot to do with well, it as well. Well, I got stories about that, too. Yeah, what about they, it? They didn't, they told us the real truth back then. They didn't kind of hide everything. <laughs> You're you know, telling me we're not getting all the truth these days? No. Yeah. Well, say like AMF. When AMF come over, see Ron Bills, you know, Willie Jean, all the guys, they all worked for for Harley before that. Mm -hmm. And then whenever the deal came with AMF to bottom, well, they worked for them for them too. Yeah. You know, they knew what was going on with Porsche and all that stuff. You know, and it's like I've got pictures of the Nova motor. It's actually the Yamaha Virago. I've got that in Harley Harley badging because. Porsche designed that that Nova motor in that one, and then that turned into a Vibrago, uh, and I've got pictures of it. Really, and then but that that was the motor that was going to go on that FXR frame. No, no, no. That was something totally different. That was just the reason Harley always stayed with the V twin is because they had most of the contracts with the government or or military or police departments, and they didn't want to put in an inline because they didn't want to, if they, the other people didn't want to accept it, they would lose what they had and be mm -hmm. zero. Yeah. And so, but they had some inline fours designed. They had everything designed. I mean, mm -hmm. and Porsche came in the, the deal, and it's because I've got a motor over there. I, mean, I didn't realize Porsche had anything. I, I didn't even know they were part of the equation. Yeah. The big one. And that was when AMF? Yes. That's when Porsche came in? AMF, because they hardly had before. They built everything in-house because they didn't want to depend on nobody. Hastings Rings went to them and said, we can we can supply you with rings that are disqualified. They said, no, thank you, because we don't have to depend on you. Yeah. And that's kind of why they were so bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everybody wants some older ones. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they won't hold up to what today is. Nothing yeah. does, you know. And uh, But AMF came in. We'll see, AMF... Uh, their, their name is American Foundry Machine. They build machines to build things. And they buy companies. And then they came in, they got rid of the old equipment, put in new equipment. They went to people who could build things better. That's when Shoah come up and come into the equation. And all the pistons for 
looks like all of your wiring stuff being done in Mexico because the contractors to get it done. This is this was not in the you know this came out in the, you know when they in seventy after seventy one, but how AMF I mean how Porsche came into it is that they wanted a new design to some cylinders. Well, the cylinders in uh, Harley's leaked a lot around your your pushrod covers. Well. The engineers at Harley tried to fix that with, the, you'll notice on like 80 to 81, there'll be some drain spouts on the bottom of your cylinders on a shovel, and then your tappet blocks will have little drain spouts. And there was a hose hooked to them. But it didn't drain because, well, both of them were saying the positive pressure. When the, when the pistons came down, it wouldn't drain because the pressures were the same. Yeah. And so AMF designed the tappet blocks for the Evo, they designed the cylinders, and they designed the heads. and reason Harley went there is because they were the leading person in air-cooled engines. Oh yeah, Porsche, of course they were. Yeah. Okay. That makes you sense. go to AMF wasn't stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. everybody thinks. I mean, yeah. I work on anything that Harley has, but you know, you like everything you fold everything back and look at the truth. Uh -huh. You know. But that's why that came around and uh, most people that ask me what kind of oil to use, I always tell them use uh, you know, Evo's the Castro GTX. That was Porsche's oil that they designed the freaking engine around. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, and it's a real good oil, yeah. you know. And uh, the and Harley oil was good too. But if you didn't want to buy Harley oil, just Gastrol GTX, you mm -hmm. know, and it worked very well. I've never heard anybody say put. Gastrol oh, I got GTX. a whole thing on oil. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Actually, I, I, yeah, I wrote Castrol about this, and they told me because I used to teach. To Harley Owners Group, I had to teach the seminar. I mean, little things, you know, all the time. And then Harley, the Harley Owners Group, you put on was, like seminars. That's what I was about to say. Like the ones they like, send us in the mail, the hog thing. Well, yeah, I used to at the Harley Owners Group. They say, okay, you come in here and tell them why they need to come in for the services. Why oh, they got to do this? Oh yeah, what school, a great ploy. They taught us. They taught us this. You got to use this oil because it has high magnesium. Your you start you know, it is quit. It quits working around 180, 170, and it gets and gets into its working temperature. Oh, well, it gets into working temperature about 180 till 220. Okay. So you got you got a, a range gauge, okay, and that's because it's an air cooled oil. An air cooled oil has a bigger gauge. If you get an automotive oil, they're made it to work go into a, 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 a controlled environment like a water cool. Yeah, because that water cool is now you're working. You're working window is small yeah air cooled engine oil will cook that shit or it won't work at all because okay. if it's not warm enough you might as well just run water through the motherfucker because the oil don't do its properties don't do it's what it's supposed to oh, do wow <laughs> i never thought about that oh i'll blow your mind here soon yeah no you're doing <laughs> it you're doing it and uh what did you write castrol about i wrote them i told them this is how it works from harley and then they come back and said Okay, the magnesium is the high detergent, and that's why Harley always tells you to use a diesel oil because it's got high detergents to keep the sludge out. The reason to keep the sludge out because it's a roller-bearing motor. Uh -huh. You don't want anything locking up, going through its veins and locking up your goddamn arteries. Yeah, correct. Okay, and then the but yeah, there's a there's a story on that one. <laughs> Oh, and uh, and there's a story on th synthetics. There's a story about it all, how it works. I mean, what do I run on my bike? I run a Pan Am straight 60 weight. Well, that one I have no clue because that's on my 59. Yeah. Oh, okay. On that one, well, that the, the one out there that I rode through South America uh -huh. has had all types of oil in it. 
Anything that they had. And it all worked fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like if you run a shovel, I'd run uh, I'd run a 50 weight during the summer and then a 60 weight in the winter. Yeah. Or 70. 60 or 70 is what I But do. you got to take a blanket, put it over your motor, and put a little electric heater under it if you want to ride it. So it's a warm that motherfucker before you got to go kick it. Yeah, you can't you can't hang out at the bar too long when it's cold oh. outside. Then you put on a kicking demonstration mm -hmm. out but, front when but, it's time to leave. Yeah. But what I use a lot, try to get people to use, I started doing it in Vegas a lot. I'd use a, back then I'd actually put 2050 in and I'd, in the winter and then I'd change them over to uh, to straight 60 in the summer. But you'll notice your lifters are quieter, everything's quieter because you don't get as much air in the oil and the body of it will hold the lifters up and yeah. they don't they don't start collapsing. Because in the long run you'll notice they, they, when you stop you go, God damn, my motor's clattering too much. When you start back up it's not. Yeah, I, just, I just make my helmet tighter. <laughs> the reason so is, is because <laughs> your, your lifters, uh, the hydraulic lifter, it just keeps it gets an air pocket and it keeps rattling that son of a bitch. Uh -huh. But a thicker oil will keep it from rattling. You know, I was listening. Somebody was telling me the other day about the fucking you know, uh, the helter skelter. Charles Manson and his goons when they went across the country in these old school buses. One of them was like, you know, pretty shoddy, and they would drain the oil every night and heat it up on a fire and then pour <laughs> it back in the motor. To get that diesel motor to crank up. God, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it slows them down a lot. That's what I've been dealing with. I remember Noah Phil was working. One of my friends had an old Tempest, and it was it smoked so used oil so bad. We put we put eighty ninety in in the engine to keep it running. And they finally finally quit. You know, if we didn't, it'd smoke like a freight train. That's fucking sludgy. Yeah, but we back then we'd buy cars for two hundred bucks and use them as crew cars going to the rig. You know. And, uh, you know, you got paid, you know, for it, and you should buy another one. Yeah. Nobody went and bought $100,000 diesel trucks. No, then, like, when I worked up <laughs> Wyoming, those roads were fucked, and they beat the shit out of all these nice mm -hmm. company trucks driving up and down them every day. Yeah. Fucking uh, washboard gravel roads going to the rig. <laughs> Same here, dude. Yeah, so you worked on rigs out here, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I guess I went to drilling when I was 21, and then uh, the... That's a real deal. Yeah, that was back when everybody was missing fingers. You were throwing chain. Yeah. You get caught Smoking weed on top I'll, of I'll the tell you a story. He yeah. was going to go pull his water well, right? He had some water well problems in his house. And he'd, he'd always told me, Robert, the captain on the hunter stuff, he worked for me or worked with me. Anyway, I'll make it fast. Uh, <laughs> You're fine. I showed up to his freaking well house, dude, and he had a fucking ladder. Yeah. Stood up. I got it. a picture I've of it, dude. It. I was like, dude, you were a driller, weren't you? He's like, oh, yeah, I was going to get this well out. I cut the hole out of a well shed one time and fucking pulled it yeah, straight out dude. through the yeah. roof. You had a winch and a ladder, two ladders in the I think it, what I did is I like I put some wood up to I reinforced the roof yeah. so I could stand on it. That's mm -hmm. funny. That was, I didn't know how deep it was. I was taking it as 100, but it was like 200 yeah. something. Oh, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was 210. Is a, uh, I, he said he had a friend. I said, I'll call your friend. I'm sitting this yeah, back yeah, on bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 200 foot of pipe's pretty fucking heavy. Yeah. But that that was, uh, ain't going to do that again. No. I'm getting too old for that. No, and then, uh, no, no. It's, it's different now. The rig I worked on in Wyoming, we were doing like, it was like a water well rig. We were doing exploratory for uranium. Mm -hmm. But it was like a 1960 or 70s model. It was old. And then in that town in Moorcroft, you know, you go to the bar and there's at least 
three fingers missing, you know, somebody. <laughs> I mean, that's just, like, common up there. Probably yeah. on that rig that you were just at. Yeah, probably. Know, which. What is it? Well, you said water one. Was it a scope-up type? Oh, or sure. truck? Or is it a jackknife? You know, you break head to have a couple no, of tandem. No, it was a big truck. Oh, yeah, it was on a truck? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Then it was like a scope-up. Yeah. yeah. Back in the we day. would do, like, thousand foot holes it was anywhere from like nine to fourteen hundred and we would do three of them a day like fucking wow. move rig. That's we'd poke butt. in That's take tough. samples and then move the whole fucking thing <coughs> do it again three holes a day yeah that's fast uh, now <clears throat> yeah i got a lot to teach you dude i have to fucking got a lot to learn dude i had no idea how i mean i always so thought the uh i was different i i wanted to know why yeah. I always wanted to know why, you know, and then uh, it's like, and I always wanted more power, yeah. more power. It's like uh, I saw a video of a star racing, and he used to do it at six at an eighth of a mile. Yeah. I looked back at Richie's things. We were doing six, six yeah. in, in 2006 with that 127, yeah. uh, that Bruto motor. Mm -hmm. That's fast, dude. In, in that. And I, what about longevity? You have anybody run those four valves like on the four valve? Well, Richie's was just a two valve. The four valves, you don't want to run these that long. Really? Because this was in the beginning. Because there's a you have to play with them, uh -huh. and then it's like when we did these, you couldn't use adjustable push rods. You you'd put them in there and I'd, I'd size it up, and then you'd have to build them. I get them the really? from <laughs> Smith Brothers. Yeah. And then once you set them, you had a little bit of adjustment on your foot an adjustable foot but when you because you got up there they would just fly out of it it wouldn't wouldn't stay in there and then uh, but there's so much flex in in push rods and everybody wants these light push rods but everybody doesn't know what a light push rod is they always get these time savers and i just can't stand time saver push rods and people cutting the push rods out of a bike because you know it's kind of you know you're doing it cheap yeah you know, take a little more effort and put a good good push rod. If it's adjustable, you get a good one. Yeah. And you get one that's, you know, not a time saver. That way, your threaded piece is really short, it's really strong. Mm -hmm. And then if you really want to make it better, when you do that one, then you adjust that out to where it's supposed to be. And then take it all back apart again and build your own and put it in as a one-piece push rod. Mm. And now, you're going to gain RPM, you're going to gain horsepower on the top end because now you're not flexing that piece. And that's where you come in with your hydrosolid push uh, lifters from gyms was man you put a hydrosolid and you gain them five to ten horses on top end because you didn't have the squish of the because every time that thing starts squishing on higher rpms you're losing you're losing you're your losing lift. lift yeah yeah i got i mean <laughs> my shit is bone stock my 74 inch <laughs> well that you've probably got a solid lifter you put solid lifter yeah that front push rod going to the exhaust you know it's all fucking mm -hmm. some weird angle well, that one, when you do it, when you do that one, you'll set them to where you can turn them. And a lot of times, people try to set them Evo style, where you turn them with your fingers. Well, that's too tight; it's gonna pop and backfire. You got to, you want it loose, yeah, a loose tight. Yeah. What I always do is, it's got to be able to turn with oil on your hands and oil on that rod. Yep. You know, like if you set it up like an Evo, it won't run. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing. See, a show, a, all the molded ones are cast iron, yep. so they don't grow. All Evos grow a hundred thousandths. Hundred thousandths? There's a hundred thousandths growth. Okay. And that's where your studs come into play. Yeah. 
And that's why you don't ever retorque your heads on the Evo. Because once that's down, if you go and retorque them again, yeah. well, you're going to pull them studs out of them cases mm -hmm. when it heats up the next time. Yeah. And it's going to fail on your ass. And some guy asked me the other day, no, did you ask me about put, uh, studs? Redoing the studs in one? And somebody asked me, and I said, I've never had one ever, I've never had a stud break. I can't remember who asked you no, that, but I was standing go. there. Yeah. The threads go. Yeah. I said, so put high st tensile studs in don't do anything. And the difference between that and like a, a, cor a you know, an LS motor is the block is doesn't grow to your head when you put your bolt in like that. And Evo is it's owning its own ball game and Evo base. To me, even a twin cam is an Evo base. It's all an Evo base. Okay. You know, because it's aluminum. I look at it that way. If it's it's an iron, oh, it's a different okay. base. Gotcha. The iron won't grow. That's why you go in a shovel, or then you re, you retorque your heads all the time because that's cast iron. Yeah. It don't grow. Plus, you're bolting it in from the top. Yep. And uh, so it's all different. I mean, I've seen the stud or the uh, what do you call them? The thread. The what insert? the threads, the mm -hmm. inserts that mm -hmm. are cast. Time inserts. Yeah. yeah. No, not time yeah. inserts. Just on the shovel heads or pan heads is really where I've seen it where those threads will just pull out. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see that thing coming loose. Well, most of the time it's because a lot of them, when you put your shovel or anything with a fire ring on, cast fire ring on it, mm -hmm. first thing you do is you put that head on dry and just no gasket. You pop it on there. Measure that son of a bitch. Then measure your gasket. Make sure your gasket will take up that freaking area. Or if you're not, oh. you're trying to you're trying to pull that down, and it's never going to hit because your your cast firing is hitting the freaking head. Oh yeah, that's I never even thought about that measurement. <laughs> there, I mean, I haven't had to think about much now that I found the guy that's been building my motors, but that's interesting. And you'll find a lot of stuff. People building motors it depends on what they were taught. Yeah, and they actually taught us that in Harley. Yeah, back then it wasn't. You know, from an old guy that was taught by Harley. <laughs> from an old, that's the only place I can get information nowadays is from well, old guys. <laughs> and a lot of the old guys that are old now didn't learn if they didn't go. They didn't learn that unless someone told them that, yeah. or they come across it. It's like when you get a, if you're at a swap meet and you're looking at barrels, there's not a barrel made for a shovel or a pan that. It's like if you find them, it's like if it's a, a, a shovel, they're all 80 inches. There's no 74s, they're all 80s. And that's the reason is because they're all made over in Taiwan somewhere and they're all bored out to be that size. Was well, made for a Harley, it'll have your oil drain is a, is a, is a, is a drilled down, mm -hmm. not across. And then every time you bore that, if you see an old barrel, go get one of the most shovels over there in the over yonder, old barrels that's over there. You'll look at the wear pattern on the rings, and you'll you can, you can see if you can board or not anymore, or if it's, it can be From used. From the wear to get, pattern on the rings. Oh, this one's so dirty. You clean them? They're all kind of dirty. Sure, it's clean enough. Yeah, it's for, clean enough. Yeah. For these purposes. See how this this all is at an angle? No. Okay. So depending on what that hole looks like, you know how much meat has been taken off? Well, your rings come down to the bottom of that ring right there. Yeah. If that's been bored too far, this every time you bore it, this hole crawls up. Oh, 
that makes sense. Okay. So you look at the damn saying. thing yeah. and see if it actually could be bored. See, that one can be bored because that's a 74 cylinder. You see where the ring left its mark and it's still quite a ways away yes. from that oil. If you go to Swap Beach, you'll look at that. If they didn't already glaze, glaze it so you couldn't find it yeah. to sell it. But most of them, an 80 inch Harley cylinder, mostly times cannot ever be bored. I mean, a real Harley 80 inch can, but a 74 bored to an 80 can go much much further yeah and and then like i said your firing if you've got a head that's been decked this thing will hit that head and then you'll be trying to tighten the gasket in here that hasn't it's no matter because it's hitting steel against aluminum yeah. it's not getting the squeeze mm -hmm. the and then a lot of people strip them because they're trying to tighten that fucker because it keeps blowing the gasket for some reason you ever do inserts on these no no i've done one that it's all done in uh, aluminum. I've got pictures of that one. A guy had them done so because he wanted the diamond cut on it, and then uh, L.A. Sleeve sleeved it, but he didn't have enough nickel in the aluminum billet, and it actually grown and start rattling. Well, that insert would actually get so big it actually come loose in there, but, but it still take a 30-ton press to push it out to line it back up again. But that billet oh, would grow yeah. so much that it wouldn't work. Huh. So and the then billet aluminum cylinders. Someone's making them now, but I don't know if they're aluminum and they're sealing them. But if they, you can lock them. But here's where it comes into the problem: is that when you put a sleeve in one, you're going to have heat distributions not there because you're not going to have a hundred percent, and you're going to have hot pockets if you on it between finned cylinder and and sleeve. sleeve. And that's where. The spinal lock in the Evo was come come about because they'd had the sleeve and it had some splines built onto it, and then they cast that around there to make a hundred percent heat heat uh, relief for it. And that actually Harley wasn't the one who's kind of come out with that. I will uh, spoof uh, had spinal lock uh, barrels back in the in the 70s, and they'd use them on the Sportster race teams bike. And then oh, wow. the sports to race team on the 750, most of the heads, they didn't want all Harley heads. They'd use Spooth heads. Spooth uh, uh, was out of California, and he built a lot, designed a lot of stuff. That engine in mine's a Spooth motor. Really? Those are Spooth barrels and Spooth cases and STD heads. <coughs> and then, uh, but those was a... Uh, he, Nick, 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 and they're set up for dual plugs, but you don't have them dual plugged, huh? No. I can dual plug that one, and then but I don't need it. Is that one four valve? No. No. And then, but those valves are two, two, two five hundred, two and a half inch valves in there. Intake valve. I mean, yeah, the intake valves are two and a half. It's a big one. Big one. That's a big one. And it, then it pops. That's down. three. It's four, uh, three and thirteen sixteenths bore, and it's a four and five eight stroke. If you put that stroke in a an M8, you'd get what? You're getting up to around 130 something. Yeah. 130 horsepower? No, 130 cubic inch. Cubic, cubic inch, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. mine's going to be a 4.250 bore, which is a 134. With a 4.58, yeah. With a 4.58 stroke. That's what that and then, came uh, But I've done 5 inch strokes before. Back in the day, everybody says they didn't live, and I'd do a 5 inch stroke and uh, with a 3 and 5 eighths bore. And it's nest set up, and that was only 103 inches. 
you know, back then. And yeah. They, they, they ran pretty good. But I used the pistons in that one. No, there's another one I did. I used a set of pistons from oh, area. I can't remember the name, but they were wedge pistons. And I was looking at the, the way the, 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 I could get the air and the fuel to, to, to curl in the cylinder to the head so the flame front would go. And I'd take the head, a D-shaped shaped head, and I would actually wedge that part because the piston had a wedge like a car. And I'd run that one trying to get the burn to start better and then make more power. <laughs> you would wedge yeah. the head on there. Mm -hmm. Instead of a hemi, they'd make a wedge head. And then, but there's an angle you'd do it, and I'd grind them down to have a wedge on it. And that would go in between the head and the cylinder. Well, no, well that would. I tell do, do the head for that one because there's a, there's a Aria pistons. I think it was had it, yeah. and I I can't even find them anymore. A R A R I A. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there were there was stuff I was kind of wondering about because I was wanting to make a piston with a dish in it. Because when you think about it, when you have an explosion, if you had it the most pressure. On the center of the piston, you could actually make more power, and that way the pressure wouldn't be actually pushing against nothing yes. but down the stroke. Force. Yeah, and then and then and then uh, S, &S actually came out with one that's built like that. They have a dish piston. Yeah. <laughs> he used to build. Uh, he used to make hot rod motors out of freaking Briggs and Stratton motors, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. My daughter, I did those. I got a three hundred. Stroker Briggs over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's a 300 overboard, 300 stroker. It's got a McGee crank in it from McGee Racing. That I actually had their top fuel car for a while. They had as a, it was called the Tornado Four, and it was a four valve, four cam top fuel car. And old uh, Bernstein bought a few of the blocks, and then I think some more other people bought them because they were making 8,000 horses instead of 2,000 back in the in 1980s to 89. But they kept all the track downs and actually everybody went, finally the wars came around and the Keith Black block, block took the Supreme then and, and then McGee didn't follow through with it. But they got some, the W4s were in some Indy cars and a few others. And W4. The, the, well, that's called the, the uh, my, my, the car I had, I got some posters of it back when it was in Australia. I had to rear end in it for a long time here. No Mark Warner rear end. I gave it to a friend in Vegas to put in a little monster dragster he was making. A monster dragster. And then so, but no, it was pretty cool. Those little motors will turn. Uh, and that was by it, Briggs and Stratton? Well, I just yeah, ordered just a block and you actually yeah. had to build it. I'd put the valves bigger than the Sportster valves in it. And then uh, right now they're running 42 millimeter Makunis on them damn things. And I was just running, I uh, forget what they were, it's over there on it. Prelo key in or something. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the that would run, uh, they would run about 100 and do about, they, they could do a seven second eighth mile. Oh, wow. As fast as a Harley. And uh, I had one uh, chef up there, New York, New York in the casino. His daughter had a, they got some 124s, and I got some pictures of those. They put them in them. They couldn't go that fast. I'm going, yeah, we can go that fast, no problem. We've got less weight. And I, he kept trying to, to uh, run a polar clutch on it, but it kept vibrating the car to death. I said, well, we need to take it all apart, and we can. We need to take the polar clutch and the crank it on and go have it dynamically balanced. Then we'll get the vibration down. And then, then she can come up. But 
he went ahead and put a jig was jigster motors mm -hmm. jigster yeah and and, it, and they went from there mm -hmm. and then took the 124s out but they were just using over the counter 124 I said man we got you know we can got you know we can change the rods to aluminum rods there's a lot of stuff we can go to that make that sucker go into the fives if you want you know <laughs> and then uh, but a Harley motor those little five horse Briggs were there was nothing they could bring out there that actually could compete with the speed of those little bastards no shit and uh, so and, and nowadays uh, uh, it's a good way to get kids into it but back then it was cheap now it's too expensive mm -hmm. you know people have to have cars and expensive you know you know trailers and yeah. you know rich rich people now yeah we put it in the back of the truck and took a you know, wagon out there and, you know and that's how we did it we were track champs out there in vegas it's, you know now how old was your daughter when she was doing that from dirt 14 till 18 she blew one up at She's 18 when the last race was, we blew that one up, blew the crank out of it. And that's why we started that one. And uh, that was at uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway back when it was, when I was out there the, you know, the last week, mm -hmm. I was showing that girl was there. I said, see that building over there? I says, there's a drag strip. That's where the drag strip was, right there. And then now it's the big strip, you yeah. know. And, but we used to run out there on this little strip that had, oh, Shirley Modani run there with the top fuel cars. And, but it's back in the old days, it was a real good track. And then, and then uh, it was pretty neat that have alcohol night, and they'd have about 20 or 30 alcohol cars from California come, and man, it's, it's pretty cool. Floppers, like crazy, you know, yeah. funny cars, that yeah, was fun. Fucking awesome. We used to go out to uh, Ennis all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad worked with Bus Post, had a funny car. Yeah. That he'd race out there. But uh, I grew up with Fuzzy Carter, who was a crew chief for Eddie Hill. Say again? Oh, Eddie Hill, uh, Fuzzy Carter. Okay. It was his crew chief. Me and him went to grade school together. Oh shit. Yeah, and then, uh, but I'd go out to Pomona. And he was talking. I was talking with him in the trailer about the mo little motors. And he says, "Oh, he opened up the drawers and oh, Eddie had all them butts, nuts and bolts for all titanium." He said, "Well, we can change it all this stuff and we can roller bearing the whole motor." I says, well, "I ain't putting that much money in there." <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but no. It, that was fun. I mean, that was, it was. I'd, I'd run the Thunderheader for exhaust. That car, that car sounded like, you know, a thumper, where everybody else sounded like a Volkswagen with a with a cone on it. Mm -hmm. And I had people say, "We could always tell when you fired up because that thing would go roll, roll, roll instead of, you know, like a Volkswagen." Yeah. You know. Put a Thunderheader on it. That's and awesome. then they, it was too long. Some lady out in California burned her leg on a cone that's too far out. So you know how California goes. Yeah. Whatever they say, we got to do. Yeah. They had to cut the damn thing short. Because <laughs> some lady burned her leg. Mm -hmm. Fucking uh, people. <laughs> Fucking people. Uh, the you didn't put a thunderhead. You've talked about putting a thunderhead. You're gonna put it on her. On Camaro, her Camaro. Right? Yeah. I had two of them that broke because thunderheaders used to break a lot right on the FXRs and baggers right in the bin, mm -hmm. and then they'd always replace them. If they cracked, they would fix it. I mean, they'd send you a new one, and. Uh, the ends, I'd sit there. I wanted to, when she built her car, I was wanting to put, take the mufflers off, put two Thunderheaders on it for the exhaust. It would have sounded really, really good, you know? Yeah, it would sound <laughs> awesome. It would have a nice rumble. But no, any, any idea you have, I can usually tell you why they did it. Or, if it, or what Harley tried to fix and, not, and they didn't fix. Well, um, what about the twin cam? 
what was that what was the idea there going from one cam to two well fueling that's this is why all the lifters kind of became this that type of lifters fueling did a lot of automotive cars okay well it is all designed to go on gear drive not chain and then but this is how things work you'll take something and you put an electric motor on you'll run it if it puts out too many decibels you got to take something out well if the whine of a gear is too high you got to change it that's why you put solid chains in it it wasn't really invented for the you know as a chain drive and then how fueling came around to do the fueling uh, pumps Alan told me I was at the we was at the drags in Phoenix and I said talking to Alan and he said well it all came about because the first pump sumped a lot okay so fueling designed another pump well they went to Harley said okay here we got this pump this Harley said we don't want it okay well Alan and Jim sat there and said okay well let's just market it that was where fueling came from hmm. for the motorcycle part because the heads were just the heads were just a part of his thing but that's all he made and then the pump became the second thing and then uh, and then that's where Alan and then Jim passed away I think 2001 and then Alan received that and then uh, or that that came about from that and then from there and Luke had gone to work for him and then Luke is really really good he's and he likes the history of fueling and uh, the uh, there's there's so much there I mean I, there's a book that Luke did and I showed it to Josh and and uh, I told Cruz we need to really you know work on that but it tells you of, of all the stuff he invented and all the stuff he all did patents. really like, even he invented all he's the got stuff patents, Jim did he's got patents on helmets yeah. to Formula One helmet yeah just for everything because huh. he he was always searching you know and uh, and it's like with with horsepower put that way if you say you've got so much horsepower if dino kid comes up and it says they made this much horses on air not don't no turbo not anything no boost mm -hmm. just a math formula if you tell me the horsepower and your torque you don't need to torque just the horsepower i can tell you how much air is going to them heads your maximum amount of air going through that heads i can tell you and if you have stock heads and you're saying it's making that much horsepower i say you're full of shit because you can only get this much air through that head. And it's a mathematical thing you cannot change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to math. And, uh, and it's all, it's not hiding anywhere. It's all in in books. Uh -huh. And it's, just, it's the thing. It's what made me start wanting more library of books, even though I can't read very well, is because they will show you how to go about your the things you can't do well to make you better at them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, and just like with shocks and oil and everybody's got a lot of things to do with shocks nowadays and i said there's only you know when you a stock set of shocks only thing you can do to it to change it is the size of the hole or the weight of the oil the oil will be slower and or the size of the hole to make it slower slower and then then that's when you start getting into your your reed valves and that just makes it go through and back through at a smaller rate but now, if you're simple on it, you want to change a little bit. I, I tell everybody, just weld up the hole on your tube down there and drill two small ones and go right and see what you like about it. And then start enlarging them till you get the dampening you want. Oh, wow. With the, with the oil you want. Yeah. yeah they have, like, uh, suspension dynos now. I had no yeah. idea. Oh, uh, 
uh, that company that does the race, uh, race tank has them. The the software for the flow benches yeah. they they build it. Uh, really? Yeah, because I, I get a thing on it all the time. They got this, there's a formula and programs for anything you want to do. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's yeah, I mean, there's people that literally just sell numbers, you know, mm -hmm. for you know. Well, it's like, like when I did dinos, like yeah. when I did Richie's, I was wanting to go back about you know six to nine inches on the swing arm, and my friend run top field. She just go five. He said, if you go any longer, he says you're gonna you're gonna dog it down. He says, so I went five and on Richie's, and then so when he launched, it just it didn't it just hunkered up like this and went. It didn't lift at all. You just go back, you know, you know five inches on the axle, but that'll that'll lay it right. But a lot of times your classes won't allow you to mess with the swing arm. So what you do there is motor mount. So you'll take a, something like this. If you can push this motor, solid mount the rubber. So it won't move, but pull that motor up a half an inch. You got more weight on the front tire. You can launch faster than other motherfucker. Oh wow! Just a half inch. So just long. you can change your motor mount. Yeah, if you can't move the axle, you, you can't can change the, the wheelbase. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how when when you get into that level of racing, that's it. It's just like how can we get as close yeah. to cheating without looking, cheating? Looking for every <laughs> avenue. Like, yeah, every avenue. Most like I like that that long. Uh, 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 intake okay so on a flow bench every time when you get a head flow don't matter if it's car or whatnot when you do one if you do it without a computer with computer you'll come up with the numbers and it'll give you three links of intake runner actually there's more but the, the, there's three of them that's feasible okay. and a Harley the smallest intake runner link that you can run on it is 13 inches long to make that work right 13 inches long? Yes, and there's no such thing as that. Yeah, there's no such thing as that. But that's from valve to butterfly. Valve okay, to butterfly. now okay, you're going to okay, make that okay. with the normal aspirated supercharger. Because now, when you shut a door, you'll get a pulse uh -huh. through the building. Well, your valve shuts, you're going to get a pulse through there. That's why you mostly see a Harley with a carb off or gas coming out of it. There's, there's your, your pulse. I never put that together until he said that to me the other day. And so you get the runner right, and actually the longer the runner of the three, the more it's going to be actually, that causes a, this, this charge is going to be kind of coming back, will turn around and head back with this charge, and it's more like a, you get a, it's, it, it comes to a little supercharge effect. Just from the length yep. of the intake. And then you want your gas to be atomized some, but that intake gets so cold it's like ice. I mean, you put your hand on it and go down the road and it feels you know, like a cold beer can. This what does? Yes. When it's running? Mm-hmm. And then that makes it, and that's the other thing, when you get it cold, and that's why they have ice buckets for your gas to go through before it gets to the carb, is to try to get it just as cold as it can before it drops. Who has ice buckets? Race cars. Really? And then oh, yeah, that way, yeah. when it hits that hot, that hot valve, it's like when you pour, like you got someone that's in a, that's cooking on a hot skillet, and you pour water on it, 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 it atomizes quick, don't it? Yeah. Well, that gas will atomize quick. That cold gas will atomize real quick on that goddamn valve head. No shit. And it actually get really small molecules and, or, or marbles, and you, then you're burning the surface off each one of the marbles, and you get more power. <laughs> Oh, that's wow. a very good visualization you yeah. just gave us. Because gas don't burn. The 
molecule has gas around it. That's the fuel. They burn. The more molecules you get down, the more they can burn. That makes sense. Or then, because what don't burn comes out of the tailpipe as what the government don't want. Yeah. You know, for a while I was uh, doing a lot of thinking about the, the timing of, you know, where it fired. I guess when I first understood that. Uh, and explain to me, if, make sure I'm, I'm seeing this right. But the way these motors runs is it, you know, it does a five, it does a, the front cylinder first and then the rear cylinder uh -huh. and then spins around, boom, boom. It's like a horse. Yeah. Yeah, like that, yeah. right? And when you retard the timing, you're making it fire closer to the top, like TDC, right? Yeah. And then when once you get it fired up, you advance it so that it fires sooner, so that you're burning more fuel. That's getting well. The, the only reason for octane or high octane gas is to stabilize the fuel under compression. So it doesn't. It doesn't. Freeze. Gas don't make more horsepower. Yeah. It's the I mean, it's that you can change the timing so you can squish it more before the explosion. Okay, it's like you take, okay. you take, you say you take a black powder gun and then you pour the powder down and you light it, it just phew. But now we got to compact it. The tighter we get it, the more explosion it's going to make. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. You want the timing to be there at the, until it, it doesn't knock to try to get the most explosion and most power out of that gas. Gotcha. So that's why you gotta you gotta pack your 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 black powder tight to make the explosion, or it just goes up in a flash. Mm -hmm. and, flash. Yep. and so you change your timing because if you don't have good gas, then you, you your the flash point on it. So you 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 gotta go up. You change your timing to it doesn't knock. And this is what people make a problem with all their ignition modules back in the '90s, because you'd get it. From Dynatech or from whoever, Screaming Eagle had it set at 7,000 RPM limiters, so you could set them. It says if you got a hot rod, go to this, you know number five. Well, everybody thought they put all this camera, they go to number five. Well, that that's the slowest curve there is. But what it is, you want it to, to you want to go start with number two, and if it don't detonate, well, that's a good one. You know, and you, you, that might not be a hot oh, rod, yeah, but you yeah, want yeah, it to yeah. fire. You want yeah, the best, yeah. the highest curve and not not a not a snail gotcha. but everybody go that's why you can beat half of because half of them didn't have set right <laughs> yeah and so then, like on, on my shovel head i don't i don't retard it at all it fucking cranks up just fine do you, do you got electronic or you got points in just it kickstart points okay that uh your fly weights and they're in there well that's that's your advance that's in it. It's no, there's no. It's a panhead bottom. Oh, okay. It's and then. Fucking. Yeah, because that's on your handlebar then. Your advance, or it was. Yeah, it was. Okay. No, it's just, yeah. It's gone well, that's that's that part right there in advance. Mm -hmm. And that's where you got to put that around so when you kick it, it don't throw you off of the damn yeah. thing. Well, that's what I'm saying is now yeah. I don't run it at all. And I don't know what my guy. You know, I don't know how that works. Maybe because the motor is just so tame. You you, you start finding <laughs> your compression is what it is, and a lot of times, most of the motors you don't want them fast or strong. You just want them where they don't throw you off and get you there. Mm -hmm. So you you kind of set them at low compression. 
Yeah, oh yeah. And then use decent gas. Yeah, my shit is set up to run for a long time. Yeah. Not real fast, mm -hmm. but run a long time. Yeah, so you don't have to change the timing on it much. Yeah. Okay. Because that's got, <clears throat> on that one, uh, it's it's a, those are some of the tricks that I didn't even have to play to do, deal with because I didn't do many of those. <laughs> you like to go I was fast. always in the, the Evo part of it. Well, what do you think about uh, Harley's progression now coming up to on this M8? What do you think of the new M8 motor? It's going to, in my eyes, I say it's the last pushrod motor they're going to make. So you see, I, well, we've talked about this. Like, yeah, it may be the last. Well, they've already got the Sportster gone. They got everything gone. Everything is into the, is into that. And the, the government, see, back in the 70s when they started shutting everything down, you know, for the Clean Air Act came in. When they came in, a lot of stuff was, was laid out right there. It's not that they're trying to do that today. What they're doing today was written back then. Yeah. Okay. We're trying to meet these standards. And the reason for the bigger motors and bigger motors, the bigger motor, the more emissions you can put out. Oh, shit. <laughs> so okay. you still stay in emission standards. Yeah. And the only way to keep emissions in the standards, mostly on these things, because actually the bikes are actually held to a higher standard than a car. And it's like bullshit. Why, why do we have to have better standards than a car? Yeah. And this mm -hmm. has been an argument for years. Yeah. And uh, but when you get water cooled, you can keep that in a zone and get a better. Uh, uh, it's more efficient. More efficient. More. And you burn more of the, the fuel. When it's this variable, then you're going to get cold and hot, and you're going to have it to where it's it's lean or it's not or it's fat. Yeah. And so that's what's going to push this motor completely out is. It's not Harley will give it up. It's just that's the way that they're allowed. The to EPA have. is going to push it up. Yeah. And then. Uh, so the emissions. To to, I I never thought about it like that. That, that the emissions on the water cooled bikes are more efficient because they can control the control. environment so yes. much more. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to sit at a red light. And you're not going to sit there and load up on. It's going to be the same yeah. temperature at that red light mm -hmm. as it is going down a highway yeah. the entire time. You know, um, same thing with trucks and cars. I mean, could think about could it. the technology not just like put, you know, change the fuel ratio as the temperature <laughs> changes? You need a sensor. Well, that's well, there's that would be the tons of sensors yeah. anyway. That would be the know? fuel injection as itself, and it does do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But not to the standards that's going to have to have. Wow. And as we get older, they just get stricter and, and, and stricter. It just keeps going that way. Even though it's still even better than the cars. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like the as when in in 2008 zero engineering, they they wanted me to do a bike forum for for bike fest. So I built a bike forum, and then they asked me and Deb, my wife, if we would open them a service shop. And uh, I think his name was Kinja oh, Kusaka. Oh, you I can't said remember it his the other name. day. But he was. Uh, I can't remember. Against, uh, he was against Smart Brothers at the Barker Build Off, oh, okay. the Zero Engineering Company. Well, they started okay. making bikes for the United States in, in Vegas. And so my friend Big Hero from Harley at Red Rock went over there and went to work for them. And he called me over there to do that one. Since he went over there, they called me over to build this bike for them. But they're. Uh, Kondo, the guy who owned Plot and Zero Engineering out of Japan, he came over and sat with us and we said, okay, you give me this much money and I'll shut my shot down, bring my you know, customer base over. 
And he said, well, we're working on this. He said, uh, pulled out a cigarette lighter. And he said, this cigarette lighter, he says, this is the size of a mixer. And they were working on a gas and water mix. And it's real efficient and it burns well. And he says, when it's mixed, it looks like a, a strawberry milkshake, the gasoline in that. Then what in the you, water? Yes. And then, but but wife kept up with this in her mind better than me in this in this point. This when she mixed it, it had a time frame from time of drop coming out of the mixer to the time it went through the carb. And, it, and if it was any longer or any less, it didn't work that well. And it's because I come back to the marbles. When you mix the gas and you mix the water, now you're getting your hydrogen on the edge of the bubbles with the water and your gasoline. And then when you burn it, now you're burning hydrogen. What? <laughs> that sounds real efficient. And this is out there. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I've heard of people, you know, <clears throat> claiming that they've made their cars run off of water mm -hmm. or the gas vapors or, I mean. But, you, but there's a time frame. If the bubbles start popping, you start losing it. Okay. Yeah. And he said, I want it to where you could put, you know, put it in the tank and it'd work. I said, you can't. It has to have a timing system to when you go slowing or to, to the light, it has to go back to gas. So it has to rejet to gas. And then it had, as your speed goes up, it has to rejet back down. Because if you went home and turned it off, well, now you got water and half gas. It ain't going to start up. Could it not mix it like, you know, in line? or? It's what It has to come in that point. But this is before, this is in 2008. Okay. Now, this was... You know, did he ever figure this technology out? I don't know if they went that far or not, because they was trying to work on a four valve too, and I had a lot of designs from the four valve, and I said, well, you know, this is you know what I was doing before, and uh, but after in two, the end of two thousand eight when the when the when the what do you call it the housing market hit, mm -hmm. well they they said well yeah. they, they shut out. <laughs> And then they yeah. said, no, you can take the work you've got come in. You take that and the part, what money we gave you, keep that. And we're not going to do this again. Mm -hmm. And then they stayed there. They're still there now, but they don't sell bikes no more. And, uh, but at that time, I was sending, we were going out, uh, Big Hero was going out to California and Arizona. We were sending 40, 40 bikes a month to Japan. And we was finding like eighty one early two thousands. No, no, in two thousand eight. In two thousand eight, we were sending any what we was looking for anything Evo, because after. So you're what happened to all the Evos? There's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot missing. Yeah. There's a lot of Evos. Like if you well, look at the ratio of bikes on yeah. Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, I know they built a lot of fucking twin cams, but they made Evos for a long time. Not and they're that just many. Not out there like I would think it would be. So see, that's what I tell people. You have the, it says like in, in 19, say night when, when AMF, say 1981, when they bought it back, they probably did make over 80,000 bucks a year. And then even when you got up to, you know, uh, 1989, I don't think they were still around I think it was around 80 then. I pulled these numbers up at some point, but. And then what, and then when it got into around 2000, I mean, in 1990, between 91 and 96, you almost couldn't get a bike because they couldn't keep up production. Yeah. Okay. 
and there's some stories I got about that shit too. And then, uh, but there, whenever those came up, but the two thousand, the three hundred thousand, the three hundred thousand a year mark came in the twin camps era. That's really? why they're worth less. Yeah, there's fucking tons. But of them. no one looks back at an Iron Sportster and thinking, you only made seven thousand those in one year, or less. And then you don't realize how much, how many Iron Sportsters actually are left. But they treat them like crap. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Which is not a lot they of them. They treat me like crap, too. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, the most rare motor, I think, is the generator shovel, 66 yeah. to 69, you know? Three uh -huh. years only. Yeah. Well, it's like this Sportster yeah, that's what that, you know, that they've got is only a four-year Sportster motor. What year? What is that one? It's the one I raced you with. I know, but what's... Oh, uh, was it's it four-speed Evo? It's, yeah, it's a four-speed Evo yeah. because the bottom end is still basically the iron, and then when they came out with the five-speed and the, the five-speed in '91, so you had from '85 to '91. Oh, they didn't do they didn't that first the early ones didn't have aluminum cases. Yeah, they're aluminum. Oh, okay. So are the the Harley cases. There, the irons are actually uh, aluminum. The, the cylinders are actually what's iron. Okay. In yeah. the heads. Yeah, yeah. So, just because it's the same gearbox as the iron head. Basically the same transmission. Yeah, yeah. In the bottom. The, the, all the bottom I, is about the same. They made the iron head till 86, right? Is it 86? Uh, is it, no. They, when they was the first year of the Evo Sportster? Uh, the Evo Sportster, uh, 84. And then that's, that's on the book. No, though, no, because they made it to like 85. It went longer than the big twin. When they, well, you got to come up with what they would they say eighty four. Because see, Harley look it up. Look it up. <laughs> Harley, we, that, the bike we race is like an eighty five Ironhead. Well, that's actually the original parts books right back there. Yeah. And we we'll see what it is. Harley introduces everything in August. So you got to figure out when things are introduced. Uh -huh. Okay. You know, it's well, like you're the, wanting to know what year the Ironhead. Last year Ironhead eighty five. 85, that's what I thought. Yeah. 86, they were replaced with the new Evo, which was 883 mm -hmm. or 1100. <coughs> yep, they didn't have yeah. 1200. Yeah. And then, uh, but the reason why you got a lot of Evos that are crappy from 1980, 87 was were bad. And then from 87, you had, uh, on all of our metro bikes, we had either the oil, the primary would fill it full of oil, or the oil take would fill it full of oil, and that was a problem. It's because the castings around the races that on the castings, and where your stator screws were, and we, I'd take you take your vent line off, and I'd put a, a regulator on it and turn it to five pounds, and then you take your spray bottle and you just spray around that, and you get bubbles come out wherever, you know, it's got to leak, and uh, okay, and so you'd find over there. If it is around the stator, and if it was so, you fill, would fill the case with air, like like you would check a tire for leaks. Is mm -hmm. essentially what you're saying. You put yeah, air no in one the does that anymore. You can do it all the time. Spray it with soap. Yeah. yeah, you still do it. Yeah, okay. But nobody does it. Yeah, they taught us this in school. Okay. And they don't teach them that no more. No. Okay. And then, uh, but you if if your tank was was filling up, you could fix it because you could actually take silicone and put on that race, and then put your stator back on. And you can plug it because you're on the pressure going this way, but if your primary was filling up and your oil tank was empty, like you'd pop your cut your derby cover off and out comes you know five quarts of freaking oil. So it was all coming from the motor 
the motor seal on the other side. Wasn't the seal as the races cast into the cases. It's coming from has in between the outside of the race. Mm -hmm. Really? Yep. And that was pre eighty seven they were doing that? All the way up until they were still doing it by ninety four. <laughs> and then your cases were bad and FXRs and baggers you would crack them right in the breather cavity there's a little hump right here and with, when they was mounted to the tranny this right here is weak and all of a sudden you'd get one and always be oily mm -hmm. and what you do is you clean it all really good just take your, 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 your heat gun and just held it right there and heat it and all of a sudden you'd see the crack you'd see the, the, the sweat come out of it well the cases would crack and then on your on your solid mounted, they crack right up through here. And I got one over there, and it has the crack in it. And uh, and these cases are cracking. Those are because the factory changed the formula for the aluminum to speed up the mills so they could put them out faster. Wow. But then that story got kind of squashed real early. But that was the reason. That's why, huh? Mm-hmm. And because uh, production needed to be up more, so they. To, you can only turn something before it starts chattering so fast. Mm -hmm. So they softened it. So, so if you make it, it softer, you can mill it the faster. The tools also probably last longer. Mm -hmm. All about uh, cutting costs. That's it. And then, uh, but there's. So you're saying they really got it figured out after '94? No. No. We never figured this shit out. <laughs> well, see, '94 they went to the head breather, right? Yeah. Okay. Before that, they kept pushing these little bitty plastic things into your breather cavity right here in your, in your nose cone crossover. Yeah. Well, I come up and I invented a piece for that. And uh, me and my wife went down to go to the patent office. This is back whenever you didn't have computers. And they said, okay, this will all work good, but you need to have a patent search. I went, crap, I can't afford a patent search. That's like, you know, we didn't have no money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but the simplest solution for this, you're, to blowing out oil right here, yeah. out of a nose cone like this, is you take the little plate off right back there that has, you know, that you can't, it'll dot see through, and you take a piece of copper and you drive it in that hole, which puts a spout in the lake where it doesn't flow over in the drain. And where is this? Is there one laying around here? I mean, I know you're talking about the shovel case. Go get that. Is there a cone over there? Here's a cone over there. Go get that cone. You know, you got the the, the breather timing gear, right? That's yeah. attached. Like some sometimes it, there are reeds in there, or okay. they're plastic, yeah. or mine's metal with a screen. Yeah. Okay. okay. And there's different holes that you put in there for the timing. You use the degree wheel to set this shit up with the windows. Yeah. Okay. When you put your, you put your degree wheel on, and you'll run it through, and then you set your timing to where, and you set a meter down here. I mean, your distance. It's not over by the shovel. You're looking for the, uh, like a half of a case? Or no, something? just that little cone. Oh. The cone. Cover. And you'll set this at the height of this on the on your downstroke and your upstroke. And then from there, you set your timing on your window. Because you want that window to be shut when these pistons are coming up and that hole to line up to vacuum out this cavity. And it happens like that. Yeah. It does. But if you get that off, this will never evacuate and it'll build pressure on the wrong side of the motor. Okay. Okay, if you take this off, this is welded. This this is your the tube. Everything that collects up here, it, there's not a shelf. I mean, it's just veins and there's a hole, kind of like if it sets in that corner. What collects up there, because this is a place for the mist to hit, to collect and drops down and back into here. 
well, it'll run down this line and fill up this freaking cavity. Okay. Okay, and Harley had trouble with that. And then, uh, so that's why you get on them if they set, you know, if they set for a while, it's because of the, the balls. Yeah, the ball's not seating yeah. and it just fills up. But if this is evacuating it well, it's because it has another tube that goes across here right by it, and that's the one that comes out right here. Okay. And Harley trying to drop more of the moisture out slid a piece of plastic baffle in here. Well, I did, well, you're kind of putting it on the wrong end because it's still going to drain in here no matter if you're docking it out or not, right? Yeah. Didn't help nothing. You got to knock it out before it gets to this point. Once you knock it out before the point, then this will never fill up from excess. That's like when you stick your hand out the window in the fog, it's going to get wet because mm -hmm. the little balls yeah. start collecting as one. Up. So we built one of this like this and then it have a, a tongue that went across here. And in that tongue, we, we put small holes in that tongue. Well, now each hole is a finger for the air to go through, which collects moisture. So when it does that, then it starts draining into here. But the other thing that helped the most is just to put a piece of copper tube into that drain hole. Well, that eliminated a shitload of it. Really? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. And Hardy couldn't figure that out. And then... Did you weld this one in here? No. Some of them are welded, some of them got screws. Yeah. That's from, a, that's from an early 80s uh, shovel. I fucked up one time with my 74 inch shovel, and I couldn't figure out why it was leaking so bad. Well, let's see, what, what happened? What was going on? The breathing wasn't, oh yeah. I was running an Evo mm -hmm. nose cone cover that didn't have this piece on it. Oh, you are running 894 and up. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It took me a while to figure out what the fuck was going on. Yeah, Finally, I did. It did. There was no way for this to, to vacuum out this hole. Because yeah. when the pistons go up, it, this is a little, that little hole lines up on your, on the, uh, on the, the, the little slot hole on your breather gear. Uh -huh. And there are some of them that you can change, but if you put a longer slot, you can actually, before, if you know the timing, you can extend that slot to where you get the whole stroke on that straw. So okay. it sucks it out. So once once that piston passes by the uh, the, the well, scavenger that. cavity, no, well, it could open. Well, see when these come oh, up, see there's a goes. negative under these when they're going up. Yeah, yeah. There's a positive that comes down. That's when the window has to be open to let the positive pressure through this part of the ca the cases. See all twin cams and all even uh, don't have this shit. Mm -hmm. And even Rick said when he'd go up to Milwaukee. That they it says those those guys couldn't figure out this breather system. These new engineers couldn't figure this shit out, you know. And then until this new M8, the new M8 does not have that SST whatever thing mm -hmm. does not have breathers in the head no more. They built it into the bottom of the cases again. Went back to the bottom breathing system. But there's no timing thing. It's really simple. I've showed him what I've thought. Oh, the DVT. The DVT bike. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. On that one, yeah. And then, whenever all these Harleys here, this last you know, the last ten years, they had a bunch of them putting oil in the primary, because you know, it's, and they put they went and drilled the back of the primaries. Harley did all this shit. All the problem was is that the the cap on the transmission, it popped that off as a gasket that went over it and had a little bitty hole, and it went up into that cavity of the lid, and then it had to come out. But when you looked at it, it came from the the transmission pressure okay. okay well your transmission builds pressure okay 
and but the pressure in the primary is all is for ever since the Evo came out. The pressure in the primary goes through your main shaft on the transmission. Mm -hmm. It comes through that through your adjuster and all that shit, and your and your hole is the top of your transmission. That little rubber, that's the that's the breather hole. For your primary. For the motor? No, for the mo for the primary. Well, I mean, but it's coming through the motor, filling no, up the primary. No, this is another for the primary would build up pressure. Okay. But the trans transmission couldn't get rid of its pressure, and so the 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 primary was actually pushing its oil through the through that the uh, the main shaft and filling up your trans your primaries now. But if I went, I took the gasket, popped a hole with the hole puncher, put it back on. Now this can get rid of its pressure, and the primary quits filling up because it's not pushing it over. Mm -hmm. And they tried levels of fluid, other things, and it wasn't that because you'd lose all your oil. It didn't matter if it's high enough to get through the shaft because it was lose, it was getting rid of it whenever it was empty. Mm -hmm. So it's not like at a level and it stopped. But you'd pop a, a, a twin cam primary over, no M8 mm -hmm. is on the M8, and it would and it be full of oil. But it, all it was is wasn't a big enough hole in the freaking gasket. Well, that's easy. And then I know, but they went and drilled holes and relieved the primary instead. So all that to me it did was like, well, it gave the transmission even easier path to push this over. But I noticed they had one open. They made the grooves bigger and they made a few changes in there in the lid. Yeah. And then, uh, but I was like, uh, let's see, used to we'd figure something up, we'd put it all in and mail it to Harley. And they'd put it on a bulletin and send it out to all the all the techs. Really, when you worked there. Mm-hmm. That's how they communicated back. We didn't have phones. We didn't have internet. We didn't have shit. You you did it through the factory. Uh-huh. You didn't yeah. take your test online. We had to take the little eight this little pencil and mark our little holes and send in our paperwork to get our PhD shit. Because then our new video. I've got a whole box of those PhD videos on there and how to work on this shit. learning and stuff, the continued education? Mm-hmm. Wow. So were you a, were you working at a dealership when the twin cam came out? Oh, no. No, you were gone. Yeah. I didn't stay with them more than three or four years. Yeah. Like, yeah. they We couldn't even put in lowering kits back in the day. We couldn't use White Brothers because Harley didn't make it. It wasn't safe. Yeah. wasn't allowed to do it. Of course it. not. And then Harley started doing contracts with these people, and then using the same damn part. But they now they'll they'll sell it with a Harley name on it. They get to have to pay Harley, but they, you know it's a bunch of bull. Yeah. You know. But that's business. Mm -hmm. That is business. And uh, but a lot of stuff is like you know was Harley didn't. It's like the performance cams were all done by Crane. They were all built by Crane. And then uh, there's a couple of really good cams that came out with the Evo back in it, but. They didn't have them very long, and then uh, the this you know it was it, it was fun. The '90s you couldn't beat for the amount of stuff you could do. Yeah, you know it was so much. It's good now. What's coming around, but uh, most of it nowadays is money and suspension, and uh, there's more horsepower than you need anymore. And then so you can only put, you know. And I don't like them. You, you can make 140, 150 horses, and it sounds like a, you know, it don't have no noise. And you don't feel it. You know, those mm -hmm. M8 motors, I mean, I rode one. Yeah, it's an impressive motor, but you don't feel the fucking thing. It's like know? driving it's just, a BMW. It's not like, you know, 
you know. And uh, that's the fun stuff is the old stuff. And then uh, it is. But yeah, you're right. They be, I mean, there's so much fucking like that bike out there. It's got like 130 horsepower. Just mm -hmm. yeah, I know. from the factory. Yeah. You know, like Here's what the, the fuck else do? I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, she's tamed. But uh, they're all. Well, see, that's the, this is this four valve is the untamed four valve, and then now they're tamed. Yeah. But it's all uh, stuff that's been invented years ago. Uh -huh. It's just where you. What about it. the variable valve timing? I mean, what exactly is that? I mean, for well, the, what my was, limited it, understanding is it's it's changing uh, the duration possibly. All, the all this is doing is changing. He knows more about because it's what they've used in some cars. Yeah, it's like uh, variable valve timing. They put a. I'm used to them because they call them phasers. Mustangs like Ford. Ford uses them, and that's what Harley put on the end of theirs. Basically, is is this cam phaser thing, and it's. It's, that's why they got that big old ugly cam sensor in the front now, and it's controlled by oil. And basically, all it, all it does is just change the timing within that little gear. I've got the whole Harley video on my phone, but they'll change that timing while the motor's running in that gear, and literally change the cam timing while it's fucking spinning to get you the most efficient burn, horsepower, yeah. fuel mileage, whatever. It's but guys are taking those 120, was 121, right? Mm -hmm. They're already taking those heads off and just throwing them on eight M8 motors. There's a lot better so heads. Yeah, they're badass heads. The, really? the intake and the exhaust, or the, is it just the exhaust port's different? Or is the intake the intake's port different? different. Exhaust, yeah. it's easier to get exhaust out. But yeah. It's like they're what, badass heads. It's like what you're doing. See, back in the day, when I did a cam change, instead of... Uh, just putting the cam in, I actually pushed the gear off that it came with and pushed the gear off the cam that was on the bike and pushed that and back on. And this is what that's doing, yeah. is making it to where you can change that timing and instead of being pressed on, it's able to move. Yeah. And they used to sell some that I, you could put on different and get you know, one or two degrees different on it for yeah, performance. Yeah, like the guys that built my flathead, you know, they they just had lobes built from Line Weber, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and they custom made Yeah, on the Yeah, that one. All four cams. They still make those today. I mean, you could you grind them off and you weld them back on. Sportster's yeah. bigger. The, the VVT stuff, that cam, if you take that gear and that phaser off, it looks just like a like a if you bought a regular M8 cam and handed it to somebody. You could take that gear and that phaser off and put it on another camshaft and put it in. Really? It looks the exact same. It's weird. I have, I'll show you the video. Of it. oh. It's a long... So it's just video. changing like... like it, for visual purposes, it's like just moving the lobe on pretty the much. cam mm -hmm. to There's make a, it. What's well, pretty much what I said earlier, yeah. kind of like, you know, changing the amount yeah. of fuel depending on the heat yeah. or you know whatever. Well, it's like a good variable timing would be a double overhead cam, and now you can change each one, and you actually you can make the overlap different on it all. That's yeah. what. And that would is, be I'm pretty sure. Yes. Those those two Pan Americas are dual. They're different. Motors, yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. So they're constantly changing timing. It goes back to the to the the range thing. Once yep. you go to variable timing, it's got a certain range that the motor's trying to be more efficient and operate yeah, yeah. in, and that variable valve timing makes it even easier to keep it within that freaking operating range. I guess that's why I should put it on. Uh, this make a deal? No. Uh, what's price the, is right. Price is right. <laughs> the range game. Yeah. That's your oil. Yeah, exactly. That's your oil. Yeah, literally. This is your range. If you got a car, then you got a light tighter one with air with with water cooled oil. Yeah, well, exactly. 
the oil that I'm like that they say to run like there's a, on that one it's like depending on what temperature you're running oh, dude, in they probably like want like a zero four different you. kinds of oil okay yeah it's something weird like yeah, that like a I'm just like fucking 2050 you drain it out and it looks like freaking water yeah, yeah. zero 20 well, that's see, bad that's like I tell them like your motor all these new motors are like this car motors are built like this and I tell people how to uh, oil is is like anything that says their oil reduces heat it's made for a cap and bearing in uh, Babbitt insert motor where okay. it's an Indian sunburn makes yeah, heat yeah. a roller bearing motor you got that roller bearing down yonder okay yep. I seen it now, down there earlier. <laughs> those are made and you measure to get a certain amount of distance between each one of them motherfuckers uh, this doesn't have friction gotcha so it's not creating doesn't heat. create heat yeah okay, now this is why they explained to me this in school. Don't put a synthetic additive to make something slide more on a roller bearing freaking motor. Or you'll make these slide and get flat spots and then they come into chisels. Oh shit. It's hard as hell to get people not to believe this shit. But the whole Harley is damn near roller bearing. Mm -hmm. And any of the low surfaces. And so the measurement of the oil is based on the distance the clearances within it's like when you when you bearings. set up these things you'll set them and lap them and you measure then you buy your bearings and then you'll take the two bearings and you take it multiply them and divide and you find when you lap it you'll have one thousands and that's where they'll run no no friction or less okay and then when you is get this a harley bearing yeah that's yeah. a harley bearing that's actually out of the cases Fuck, yeah. that's, huge. that's one side of the Twin count. I mean, no, this is out of NMA. Uh, is it? Yeah. Actually, it's the same one in both bikes. That's probably yeah. Probably out of the And uh, it's in, and so this. When you think has, about it, the only part that's the friction bearing is the cone side. There's only a couple friction things, yeah. and then it's, just it's the like cone. now the, the the rods in the top. There is actually no brass in there no more. There's it's just steel against a steel pin. You know, really? they make motors are a lot of steel on steel. Yes, it's weird. Or steel on aluminum anymore. Like you throw the, you pull the cam plate and stuff all back out, and then you throw but the cam in and yeah. you chunk it all back in there. And but if you, in Evo and a lot of twin cams, you don't want in synthetic oil. Doesn't make the bike run any cooler. If you put your twenty fifty in it, or your, you'll notice you put a temperature gauge in there, you'll drop about fifteen degrees. And then mm -hmm. Metro, we finally got them to do it because they was kind of they went straight Harley because they didn't have to pay for nothing. When I got Rick the job up there from Buddy Stubbs, they uh, You're talking about the police station, right? Yeah, Metro? the Metro bikes. And then I said, okay, now because he lived in Phoenix and we knew what the properties of 50 weight oil was. You know, if you run that straight 50, you're, you're gonna do okay. If you had 60, them cops because up there the motors when you stop, they turn them off. They start them back up every time they leave again. Every time you stop, turn them off. Them they don't leave them running. And uh, because they get hot. Yeah. And uh, it's fucking hot up there already. When uh, when every if they notice us, goddamn, they got they got cooler and they're not as noisy. It's because the oil keeps this body to it, it doesn't get foamy. It doesn't get because anything in the bottom down here has to be sucked into this pump. And there's it's not like it's. You know, you got this big amount of oil and it's going to this hose and it's a complete liquid all the time. It's air, it's a straw, it's a hole, it's it's getting it's a sucking on a goddamn empty milkshake. Okay. You're getting a lot of air in it. Well yeah. and then bubbles have to pop before it goes through again. If 
once you get too many air bubbles going through, after a while, your lifters get soft. And that's where your rattles start, you start tapping. Okay. And so you gotta keep the oil as, in the thicker the oil, the oil, when it drains through everywhere, as it goes through, it's pulling the heat through there. It's, it's, it's taking the heat with it uh -huh. to the pan. The pan's the only place that really dis it gets rid of its heat. His fans do some, but not as much as the oil does. They do more than a shovel had. Well, a shovel, there was a big transition right there because everybody who's used to a shovel, they got hot. Well, that was because of the cast iron, you know, okay. And everybody put a cooler on them. When the Evos came out, everybody wanted to put a cooler on them. But if you put a cooler on an Evo, the damn thing wouldn't come up temperature because these were so much more efficient than yeah. the cast iron. Well, from what I, I mean, you can feel the heat coming off an Evo. Like, it feels like it's running hotter, but it's just because it's getting rid of the heat, right? Yeah. But so are, but it's still hot. Yeah. You know? But an Evo just hardly ever gets hot unless you got a blockage in your oil. Hoses. Or it's not moving. Feel so that too, because that's why we tell people in Vegas you had that all the time. They say, well, it's getting hot. I said, well, you give it throttling, it starts, you know, clattering, going to you. I said, you need to find a side road and get some air across it. Yeah. You know, because it can only do so much. And then, uh, but this, the heat, the most, the best thing for a heat is a, if you could do it, it's just a chunk of aluminum, something to absorb heat as it passes through. But you know, cooling fans do fine too, but it has to have air to cool that. But if yeah. you don't have air, you need you need a heat sink like an electrical, in a house or a building. If you have a lot of power, they're gonna have a block in it in, for the, the system. And then when lines get hot, they need a place for the heat to get dispersed. They'll use heat sinks. Same thing. You need a heat sink for the oil to go through to absorb the heat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's, it's uh, the way that the, the, oil on those when you, when you put too much uh, synthetic in there then it starts rattling my friend uh, fuzzy he they'd bought santa barbara harley oh hold on before we go further the oil the bubbles in the oil like which what oils does synthetic make less bubbles like, what were you it's going supposed with that? to okay but they they still after a long trip it's got bubbles in it you're yeah. still going to have foam okay. you, you know it's not going to be you're not going to get rid of it yeah but and then if you don't, if it, any part of this system that, uh, on the return system, if you put, if your pressure system can put too much, if you put too much, you know, another spring in here or whatnot to pump up your pressure, yeah. you also can put too much oil, because see, once you put a spring in, it keeps it from going over your bypass. Well, the bypass still comes down here, and this has to recover it. It's always the same amount of oil unless you put basically gears and you can double the speed and you can make more pressure and then but if you if your 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 pressure gears if you make them too much pressure and then you're pushing down like say you're on your crank or any of the there's only two pressure systems and it's the rocker and the lifters and then oh only the lifter body has it the rotors are still splash fed mm -hmm. and then unless it's a gyms and then then you have uh and uh, pressure in there, but as I explained it on a lot of bearings, if you take and you put too much pressure on a roller bearing, it's like having a fire in a, as I explained it, a fire in a, in a movie theater and everybody trying to get out the door, they don't move. And you can lock up the bearings with too much pressure. Okay. Dang. 
and then those start sliding yeah. and tearing up. Then they get the flat spots. The flat spots and hard surface comes off. Yeah. You'll see one in a cam. I used to save them, and you can see the hard surface start to come off of a cam, and it's because they was running synthetic oils a lot of time. And then the same thing when you start getting high speed and your lifters get soft and you start lofting the lifter and you'll start beating it. When it comes back down, you'll see a spot on that, on that cam where that lifter's been launching and boom, boom, all the time. And then and that's from weak valves. Yeah, that's breaks. when you actually start floating valves and then yeah. start whacking them. Wish I had my LS cam here out of my car. That was a good <laughs> one. It's got marks all up and down. It looks like a cat scratched it. Really? You would think somebody was like turning a valve and went bang and smacked it on the lobe. Like it's crazy what that yep. stuff looks like whenever it actually starts happening. Because it trashed the whole cam, trashed the lifters. Lifters are flat. I mean, yeah. it's bad. But oils, I, I, the good old dinosaur oil is the best freaking thing you can use. Just, yeah. You know, and it's, and it's not any cheaper anymore. It don't matter anymore. Everything's freaking high. Everything is high. And, uh, but it's like used to, people would take the crash bar, drill that hole, drill a hole in one side and then the other down there on the bottom on that, mm -hmm. that plate. Use that as an oil cooler? But that was a good idea. But the thing is, you can't control. The oil is going back into the motor so cold, it wasn't working temperature and it's actually hurting your motor. Oh, damn. Because oh, yeah. it, it's like running a cold motor all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like used to on the shovels, you'd have a cooler up on the front. But when it came to wintertime, you actually had to either tape it up with cardboard or put a little sock around it, or, or it would be too cold. Put a little baby box in front of it. Yeah, a whole baby box. <laughs> yeah, somebody was telling me recently, like somebody, what happened? Oh, somebody landed in their field in an airplane because you know he needed to cover up his radiator. <laughs> he was getting too cold <laughs> yeah. up there. You I know. Got it. Well, if you go back to the shovel days, you'd had these old guys that said, "Yeah, I'll use aeroshell oil. Anything good for airplanes is good for for me." And this is another explanation they gave us in our oil thing. And I used to tell them. And it's like, well, that's engineered to run at, you know, five, 6,000 foot. Well, up there, right, you might be 80 down here, but it's like 30 up there. That oil is designed to run at 30 degrees, not mm -hmm. here. So if you bring it out here, you've cooked the freaking oil. Even though it's made for an airplane, it's supposed to be good, dependable oil, yeah. it wasn't made to run on the street. Mm -hmm. So it's the like ab gas too. design, yep. Fuels. Yeah, airplane mechanics. And then, uh, well, a friend bought a shovelhead one time that was like, man, it was a helicopter mechanic. And it, the fucking every nut and bolt on this shovelhead had safety wire. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all, I mean, it was done really nice yeah. too, but it's like man, way it's overboard. Yeah. It's like, hey, dude, you're not gonna fall out of the sky yeah. at this thing. You know, you may have to take that apart tomorrow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't use safety wire on something I was gonna work on on the side of the road. That's for sure. <laughs> safety wire is pretty. It looks good. Yeah. Well, speaking of airplanes and helicopters, you ever run magnetos? No, not much. No. No. That uh, when it was, I never saw a need for it. Yeah. Actually, some of the electronics we ran were so strong; it was way stronger than any of that. And then. Uh, like that little black box right in front of his battery. Yeah. Look at that little stick in there. See that? It's it's simple stuff with knowledge. This right here. Yeah. That'll that'll moment that'll double your coil capacity, and you just wire it to the coil, and it doubles the coil capacity. These are intuitive. And then uh, I've got wires. What, what is the coil doing? Well, that's it's, explain it, that to me. Is that coil? I'm really not even sure I understand what is happening with a coil. 
it collects energy and dumps it, collects it, dumps it, collects it, dumps it. Okay. And uh, whenever you open the open the the points, it lets the uh, not the ions the uh, oh, I forget what they call that. They'll go to the other side and dump, but it has to fill electrons. Yeah, no. I think so. I got it written down, drawn up in the book because they drove it on the board. <laughs> and uh, whenever it shuts, they start building back up, and then they all run to the other side and dump to the other one. And uh, but I tell people it's like if you're on the drag strip and you want that consistent, then you need to charge that battery every time you stop it over here. You put a new battery in that bike every time you go to the drag strip. You can't say, oh yeah, I'm gonna take it out and it's a battery I've had for two years because your battery condition on a Harley makes your electronics, is is the quality of electronics because yeah. it is the source because it doesn't charge itself. I mean, you've got a charging system but all that is is a wall charger for your battery. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any power to run the bike. No. Everything on the bike runs off the battery. Battery condition's low, your spark's low. The battery condition is low, everything's low. Yeah. Okay. And so if you spark low, you don't get a good burn. So if you don't use a consistent battery, then then you're not always consistent on your ignition. Mm -hmm. And so but this I've got spark plug wires over there made by Knology. And then when I started dealing with them, they they actually were they sold them to Bernstein and that's when he hit three hundred. Because you couldn't hit 300 because you could, you, and that's why the two sports. You're talking about 300 miles an hour. Yes. Okay. It's because you're outrunning your ability to <coughs> fire the son of a bitch. Because the coil's it not able to can't fill, fill up. itself back up again. Oh you ever heard of somebody running so fast they're running at a, at a spark? Yeah, the, <laughs> speed, the speed of the spark. A, you're running can't out of your keep up with bro? them. Yeah. That's a level of right there. Because I went over to Fuzzy and told Fuzzy from Eddie Hill, I said, I've been using these, and, he, and if you saw them back in the day, they'd take these big sticks and they'd pop them in there and then the wires on them. With those, those were these capacitors they'd put on top that would take that spark and then unload it at such a higher rate that it could burn it all. And that got your speeds up there again. Wow. So now you can add more fuel. <laughs> <laughs> more, more fuel? Like more fuel? Power. Over 300. Oh, wow. That was knowledge stuff, and you don't hear much about knowledge anymore. And then Jacobs Electronics was out of Midland, and we was getting her coils, and they look like big batteries. And uh, that's the only coil I've ever used that when you put the coil on, you can actually go up jet size, two jet sizes, and that much more fuel you can run God, just because of that coil. What? When, when, his, when he had his uh, paperwork, he, all, he talked, and not in voltage, he always talked in megajoules. Megajoules. And, mega and that's, a, that's electronics terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. And that's how he taught. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun back then. These people were on the edge of everything. Even though it doesn't look it, it was really freaking cool. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was. I was just talking about airflow. I went to the SEMA show and uh, Mandelo, Joe Mandelo was alive, and he come up with an adapter where I could it'd be a water flow uh, and you'd run 
reverse on the flow bench, but you use water. And as water went through, it'd show you where it's puddling, and you'd work those dyed, that water is dyed, and you'd see where it's puddling, and you'd work that area. That was a dead area okay. to get that around, but you could actually visualize, see it then, because when you do heads, it's all fluid dynamics, no matter, it's the whole engineering about it is you go to study fluid dynamics for it. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, like, I saw, if you see a, say a flood, and you see everything going over a dam, and then you see that water hitting here, and it, it kind of starts building up, and it goes around, and it's got a drop here. But behind here, on the flow, you'll see a bunch of trash flowing in that, right there. Yeah. Well, if you take this one, and you bring it, and, and reshape this one, you'll change that trash area right there. Oop. And then, once you change that trash area, that's a drag. Whenever you see something rolling, even with air, that's a drag on this air, it's slowing that air down, that's a drag. Okay. So, you try to keep as much drag off of that air so it, you get your velocity back up. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but you can see it with the water. And, and when he died, about everything with Mandela kind of went away because he held a lot of land speed records with his heads, he did, he flowed. Right. And, uh, this, it was neat that I got to meet all these people back before they, before they died. Like Smokey Eunuch was still alive, and I could see him once a year out there and talk with him. You know, but now they're all gone. When's the last time you were out of the salt? I have never got to go. Really? You've never been to the salt? Uh, Little Hero goes. I was talking to him. I got a frame in here that I was wanting to do. And then uh, I said, we, you know, Little Hero's, I call him Little Hero. It's, uh, he works at Red Rock. He's got the world speed records on the fastest bike. You, you trying to get his name? Yeah. It's a... Uh, Little Hero. Hero uh, Kyoso. 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 Yeah. K-I-O-S-O. Kyoso okay. He runs out there with... Uh, he's, in, he's at Red Rock, yeah, Harley. I know these guys when they first started working on Harleys. Wow. <laughs> he's, a big, he's the best mechanic probably at Red Rock. I mean, he's got the biggest yep. bay, that's for sure. Well, he does what he wants. No, yeah. one, no one gives him shit. He's really, really... Nice, it's really good. He's got a 300 plus horsepower land speed bike. Yeah. It's pro-charged, it's, Holy it's gross. We, we saw it last weekend, it's pretty nasty. What were you guys doing up there last weekend? Hanging out. We went to New Year's. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. I just hung around for, uh, I hung around a little bit longer because uh, uh, they were doing some drifting last Saturday and, and uh, I stood around for, they took me drifting. Nice. <laughs> they, they said, uh, uh, Dalton said that Jeff Seabear was over there, and I guess he told him I was there, but I didn't walk over there. It's another guy I knew rode with him, but he was over there to take me. So went over there. Nice. And then, uh, but yeah, and then I took them. I wanted to show them. I showed them a little bit of all these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, They're eccentric. Yeah, there's a lot of bike stuff happening up and around Vegas. That's. I don't know. And uh, yeah. they, they actually, my friend told me yesterday, the other part of the list, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll rent you one of the little places over for 700 a month if you want. He said, you can come up here, use my garage if you want to work on some bikes too. I've been debating if I want. It'd be nice to just drive up there and I could drive up, go inside and take a poop yeah. when I get there, you know, <laughs> I have to wait for your room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And, uh, you got the know. key card stuff down perfect, though. But that would... But I don't know. It would be kind of. It's hard. I need to get. I like to build more motors because it's getting too hard to do this little stuff. Yeah. And 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 things. And then I really don't like like that one. I built that motor. That one puts out a hundred. That's a 
110. Mm -hmm. I think that puts out 130. Wow. Somewhere right in there. And then I was wanting to get a little bit more out of that HPI throttle body. And I don't think it gave me any. And then I ported those heads, did all that one. But now the five, the cams that that came with was the 585s. And I, no matter what I did, I was stuck. I couldn't shave the heads. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't take any out of the head. My compression range was just, with the cam and the bore, was non-negotiable. I couldn't change nothing. Mm -hmm. If I added any on the computer, if I added any more compression to it, like less less com, uh, chamber volume or anything, it would just you know go away. And uh, and you're not allowed to SNS them where you can't just like in the old days. I'd order one and said, okay, I want the cam. I want this cam to go with this 89 inch stroker kit yeah. or whatever I was doing. And they say, okay. You can't change the shit no more. You can't order. You got to order everything, and that's why I don't like gear drives from them. Because unless the shop's got enough money, most people don't want to spend it and order a shitload of you know gears just to have on your counter. You need a couple thousand dollars of gears just to have there. So whenever you get a gear set and you set it up, that you're not too tight or too loose. Yeah, you got different sizes. Yes, because. They send you one, Same but teeth a little shop's head. not going to do it. That's why you're going to have a lot of whiny son of a bitches. Yeah. And after I learned more about the cranks going out of whack because the, the way they are as much, then then the best thing to do is just keep the chain drive on there because you're giving your it's, it's less trouble just to yeah. keep the chain drive on it. And uh, the gears don't give you more power. It's just that's the way Harley's always were. It's kind of strange because cars are always a chain. You want to go to a gear. Just like now you got a gear, I mean, you got a chain, you want to go to a gear. Whenever all these old was up until 2000, they were all gear, you know. And how I'd fix that, I was telling you, that I got to take the, the gear off. And then I would, you know, index it and stick the old one that came on the Harley one and have the same match all the time. Just go to the extra effort to make uh, the engine as yeah, quiet yeah, as you can yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, Instead of putting, that makes sense. Instead of putting a fresh cam in there yeah. with all the other mating services that have worn down to the one you're taking out, mm -hmm. which doesn't make a lot of well, sense. Well, it's not that. If it, you either got, most of the time you got a red, you had red, blues, and whites or something. Well, you got the one that didn't match the pinion gear. And so, and then there's going to be a lash in that tooth. Mm -hmm. If it didn't, it would sound like a, you know, a, a turbo. You know, and, uh, when you heard that, everybody said, oh, cool. I'm going, yeah, there's cuttings in the bottom of that now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah not exactly. Are you talking about the gear cool. drive? Oh, you're talking about a Pro Charger, the gear drive on a Pro Charger. No, just the gear drive on these cams right here. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, like gotcha. that. And uh, I saw where those guys on the YouTube are, was looking for another gear for a magnet charger mm -hmm. that they were doing a bike on. Yeah. And they couldn't find it. Finally, someone said, I got a whole one. And... Uh, I was thinking of the company, as I got a video from that company because I put a few on. And then uh, that used to, when I got the one I used, I actually had a quick change where I could actually change the ratio whenever I wanted on that gear. But uh, On a supercharger? It was on a blower. Blower? The magnet chargers were blowers. It's just a big old blower set on the side of the bike. And that is a waste. Wind speed, right? It is a waste of money. Yeah? <laughs> because for what you paid for it, and then the weight of it, and what it took to turn it, you was wasting more horsepower than you basically gaining oh, really? for the for the effort, mm -hmm. you know. And then uh, so it was kind of, you know, it's more show. Yeah. 
That's all we did. We did it for a bike, and it was in the world shows back in 2005. Yeah, the world shows? Uh-huh. You, like, over in Dubai? No, it was in the United States back then. Oh, it was? Yeah, before they went back over to Europe. And uh, they have world shows. Uh, one of the shows is Sturgis, and the others, there's, a, I think, two in the United States. And then uh, we were invited to be judges for them for a while, wherever. Cause we were, was that uh, the we one that Bob was doing? Bob K? Is that out of, is the English? Is he English? No, the guy who runs it. I mean, well, he's from he's actually from the Northeast, but he okay. lives here now. He started like, what did he start drag specialties or? Oh no. That uh, actually, the guy who started drag died not too long ago. And then, uh, and I remember those guys. Was it drag or was it Tucker Rocky that Bob K started? I don't even know now. I don't remember. The, whatever it was it wasn't either one of those names now this this started. is the world AM, AM American Motorcycle AM the world shows was uh, it's a uh, in in Vegas they had the finals there and then uh, in the shows there and they had hmm, gold hammer uh, all these People from Europe and yeah, everybody from Japan, everyone in the world came to the fucking show. Yeah. Paul, you know, Paul Yaffe, I think we. What the AMD? AMD, American Motorcycle. There you go, right there. AMD. That's there. the bike. Here you go. And then. Uh, oh wow, Cobra Custom Motors. <laughs> AMD World Champion. No, I wasn't. That was just that was. Where That's you, the article on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the guys who won it won it more than once because they had. Yeah. I, and I figured out how who they won it. I can't remember his name, but he'd done a few. Al Lukterhin. Oh, the Al's who they built the bike for. That's Little Al. I call him Little Al. And then, uh, but they they get these rings and shit. It was a big thing, you know, yeah. money and bunch of shit. But the you know, like Paul Yaffe comes in. I came in higher than he did, you know, and, and stuff. But it wasn't that. The judges were the guys who had, who built the bikes. It wasn't public. It was like those were the judges. So you guys all judged each other. Yes. Gotcha. So it wasn't. You know, it was. I felt okay. I think yeah. it's a paint job. And I actually found definitely better to be judged by your peers yeah. than a bunch of random motherfuckers. And that's how it's done. And, yeah. But it's a. They have it mostly in Germany now. Is where it's all kind of at. But the guy who does it's out of England. Okay. And then. Uh, Used to find more parts that way because they had the world, you know, there was no magazine that had had parts from all over the world, not just from around here. Yeah. And then here wasn't bad, but it's like you said, that ignition for changing the M8s into a carbureted. Yeah. Well, that's a company out of Germany that Nams. I used to get ignition from. Nams. Yeah. No, no. It's a. It was like Thunder. Uh, Thunderheart? Yeah, Thunderheart, I think. That box is right over here, and I can't read. You know, there's a box right there. But see that one that says Terry on it? This little one right here says Terry Components. The one behind it. Give me that one. This one? Yep. Here, I'm going to put that one down. Okay. Thank you, sweetheart. Altman. Okay. This ignition is the $789. And how you did it is... It's just a plate and electronics and, uh, and keys. And you would buy these keys 
and you'd wand it on front of your bike when you if these people make the system to turn that into that's your whole ignition system and then you take your key and you'd run across it and change your timing or, and then you could program or turn those it off. however you want. You bought different ones. Then one of them turned it off so it would never start. What the fuck? You can make your chopper anti-theft proof. Altman Micro Machines. And they make stuff today. Yeah, because this is an old... This is for like... <laughs> that's a, old. Yeah, this is for an Evo. <laughs> huh, never fucking heard of that. But they're still doing stuff today. And they built... He showed me something. And I said, oh yeah. yeah they're that. from... Uh, I've got something from them, and it was state-of-the-art crap. It's real expensive shit. Yeah. I mean, the price on that was a lot, and that was old. Yeah. You can't imagine what it costs now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but there's so much, it's cool now, but there's a lot of cool stuff back then. Yeah. You know, and then uh, it was a lot of fun. You had more people doing heads. I mean, you had Alan Johnson from Johnson Race building billet heads to, Nowadays, you have no one's building a billet M8 head, yeah. and no. and even SNS isn't casting a head. Think no. about it. You just got to buy a Harley head and work it. Yeah. There ain't nobody. Speed Science makes a billet shovel head. It's pretty yeah. dank. Well, now they got money. fucking machines to do yeah. all that too. Oh, like absolutely. the tolerances and are so good on the machine work but, now. When I tell them about in in 2000, the the C the CNC heads started coming out, and then I had some friends that ported heads. They says, "Well, it's just going to kill the industry." I says, "No." I says, "It don't matter what you get. You just got a copy of a copy of a copy." Mm -hmm. But like we'd get SNS heads from SNS or castings, and then I'd get one and put it on the flow bench. It flowed like you know, say stock was 120, and you put the next one you got, put it up there, and it only it might flow 130. No matter what you did, those always stayed ten apart, unless you you fucked one up to make the other one balance. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. They, they just that's how things are. Mm -hmm. Nothing's equal. I mean, everybody wants to be equal in our government. This shit ain't equal. No matter if you build it, it ain't the same. <laughs> you know, that's just. I think that's got to do with uh, the rules of nature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It just ain't never gonna happen. Yeah. And then, but if you got a motor from SNS, if it was a complete motor, I put it on, they'd be balanced because they would go through and find the ones that would come close, and they would make them as a complete motor. Okay. But when I first started, SNS didn't even build heads. I mean, they didn't even build cases for a long time. I mean, by by '92 they started building cases. Before that, it was just cranks, cams, and, and you know, and cylinders. That's all they sold. When did they first put out the Evo motor? Like the f complete motor you could buy? Probably 96. It was that late, huh? Maybe. I mean, before that, I mean, at that same time, you could buy a Harley crate motor, right? Evolution. Yeah, you can get them over the counter. Yeah. And then uh, the, and that's the, the thing about them. We'd send some back for rebuild. They didn't care if there's a crank in it. They just wanted the cases and the barrels and the head bolted on. That was it. That's why I got so many... I got some Dave Mackey heads and some some performance heads, and then 
they just put some old crappy ones on there because they didn't care. Because you're not getting a rebuilt. They're not going to rebuild a motor for you back in those days. No. They just give you another, yeah, yeah. set up another one. They, th they just melt yours down. Yeah. And uh, so they didn't use anything off your, your motor. And then, uh, but then that all quit, you know. And then, but right now there's, you, there's a Midwest, everybody don't like Midwest motors. Everybody will tell you, you know, it's like those El Bruto motors and stuff. They say they're shit. Okay. And, uh, but the castings are very, very good. It's a, what I had trouble back in the day is that rock arms would break, or the lifters were cheap, or something. And when I do one like the little Richies, I do it, everything in it that could that the valves all the way down to, uh, you know, the, the the guides, the lifters, the, the push rods. Because back then I could get those things and they call the short block. Well, you just got, you got the heads on it, and there was no chrome at all. No nose cones, no shit, no nothing, no lifters, no anything. You could buy them like that. Then you could put in the stuff you wanted for the quality you wanted, and they make a badass motor. Really? But it said... Have you made that Midwest? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the 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 heads said 140 horses. I put them on the flow bench just like they were far from it. So I started welding up the floor on the intakes, and I got them up, and I got the velocities up on it, and that's when I got it. I think it's a hundred and I got them the average at a hundred and sixty seven and to get a hundred and forty it has to flow a hundred and seventy uh, 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 CFM at 10 inches of water and it, at 10 inches it's that number whenever someone says my head's flow 200 and something okay. they're flowing at 20 inches of water but it's a ruler it's still a foot's a foot it depends on how many if you want to use inches, or you start to use fractions. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, everybody says, because there's a math equation at this, you take this number and this number, and it'll tell you what it is at 10 inches. So, you know, the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, converting inches to metrics. You, you don't change it. You know, it just tells you a different story. So, when you say CFM, that's cubic feet per minute. Feet per mm -hmm. minute. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, but to get that, so when I well got them up to there, I worked on about a month, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna settle for that. And then, so when he went and dynoed it, that's when we got 136 horses. Well, it was off the same amount of horses that Flow Bench told me I was gonna be. <laughs> but that's actually before we put the the Novi carb on it, and we switched over to. Uh, uh, Burns exhaust mm -hmm. we had burns build a pipe we never dynoed it after that we never dynoed it with the good carb on it and novi does jet ski stuff and okay. uh, novi was steve Austin company sort of kind of and uh it we took sent the carb and he modified that carb for us and and then uh, this badass and the that's then like i said that's when we'd go out to the track and we had a Back when, in the 2000s, as a, as a Kawasaki, was it KFJ 14, whatever, mm -hmm. fast mother bike? Yeah. Little Richie was going to Tombstone, and he'd come up beside Richie on that FXR, and then Richie rolled it on, he rolled it on, and Richie rolled away from him. Keep going. That guy later on, that guy came over and they stopped. He says, dude, he says, I was wide open. He says, and he just walked away from me. Yeah. And that was the fastest street bike yeah, there was at the time. time. That bike still just walked away from him. 
I feel like we talked about that as a KZ or something. KZ one thousand. KZ one thousand. No, it was, it was a FJ fourteen something. Oh, it was it had a fourteen on its name. Hmm. And uh, oh, we did. It was a Yamaha, the VTX fourteen hundred. No, it wasn't a fourteen hundred. Is I'm done guessing. This is a, one of those was at the track day when I went. Well, this was made what back in about two thousand and yeah. eight or a 2000 probably 8 or somewhere in there is when that happened Damn. so it was a new bike back then so I don't know what it was but that's crazy and it was uh, and that's pretty good little Richie could ride wheelies on it back then as nowadays it's like that ain't nothing yeah. <laughs> now they're jumping wheelies yeah well, well I yeah. saw him do that the other day and it's like oh CJ, CJ? yeah mm-hmm. uh, oh it's like something's gonna collapse here I mean, we need to go with titanium axles that are not hollow here. We need something to hold up. Swing arm. Yeah, we need to beef yeah. up the load the load yeah. spots, yeah. and then go with a higher grade bolt on that shock. So yeah. like you're hitting, okay, that bolt is you know the yeah. shear factor of that bolt's gonna need to change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the swing arm uh, axle. I don't know. You know, do the transmission run into there? That one's like. I'm, yeah. That's whenever you oh, start. Oh, this one right here. Yeah, <laughs> and so you're still sitting on a rubber mount back there when you load that down. So, thank you for tuning right in to Danger Dan's Talk Shop. I uh, really appreciate Josh and Ray for help making this happen, buddy. Dude, I really, I mean, I was really stoked at the way you were able to explain some things to me that I thought I knew about, and in some things I didn't, I knew I didn't know about, and you had a way of articulating them and communicating them that was uh, made me help me see clearer, and I do appreciate that. I'd like to come back out and do this again in the future, and I'll, I'm going to be more organized and have specific questions so that you can help me understand some things. Uh, dude, Lowbrow Customs, mcshoptees.com, knives made by Nick. And B&B Racing, dude. Daytona's coming up. Get your shit together. And I'll see you in Milwaukee before that for Mama Tried. MotorcycleSherpa.com, too. (laughs)